welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. Hi, Gareth. Gareth's here. Hey, Gareth. Hey. You're here to keep us uh, entertained this week, mate, because it's not a not been a particularly uh, interesting <laughs> week in wrestling. But, you know, as we were saying on the pre-show, we've got you here, mate. You can tell us your, your life story. We can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> three months since we had you on. Full, uh, full three months in uh, in capital letters time, as uh, as Matty would say. <laughs> you dra- you dragged a noted conversationalist me to keep things going, <laughs> just to fill the gaps. <laughs> it is a fucking dead period in wrestling right now. Like it is just like we did the weekend show on Friday, then we JP we tried to do right. like a, a preview. We we ended up previewing a AAA house show. That's the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the extent of what's yeah. going on this week. It happened. I haven't seen any of it. <laughs> don't know what could have happened on, on there as well. But it fucking You've changed. Or well, Cain Velasquez was on it. I don't know if he did. He was all right with the whole bail stuff. Mm. JP, you'd usually find a way to watch that, wouldn't you? Find it on the drive. Random. Uh, oh, yeah. Do people do see fat study fan there. cams? We just thought about uh, old fashioned technology and videos and stuff. A fan cam. Leslie Grantham. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just him. <laughs> <laughs> it means a whole different thing these days, but I mean, obviously, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got to see the um, the uh, uh, curtain call. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say there, but yeah. my brain was going Montreal Screwjob, Montreal Screwjob, and I was thinking, well, that's it all, all leads to it, that's isn't it? That's all, that's all I've had in my head for the last month. That coming out on a fan cam, <laughs> you know, that leads to them sort of utilizing kind of the real life click stuff it promotes the feud between sean and brett it gets sean in his ear it leads to montreal eventually leads to the downfall of wcw so yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as exciting now would it because every every cunt in the crowd will have a camera else it wouldn't be the uh, the same yeah. as like that, that raw footage of the bloke with his uh with his little camera like cheering cheering in the background shouting over the uh the tape that many millions of uh Watch since not knowing that grainy footage was going to make it onto a, an episode of Monday Night Raw, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a different world. That not happening is the equivalent in Star Wars, and a topic you you obviously enjoy of that bloke on the star on the um, star destroyer trying to shoot the droids before they land on Tatooine. They meet mm. Luke, Luke meets Obi Wan, and the rest is history. Um, <laughs> that's that's what it is. If he doesn't do that, we don't get Side Montreal. Road. So that fucker's to blame. It's like, it's like it's like I keep blaming Steph for the CM Punk thing because she was supposed to be the uh, the media scrum and she didn't end up going. I was like, if you'd have just sat in one seat, you know, Nick Houseman might have sat one seat along. CM Punk might not have picked on him. CM Punk might still work for AW. Just saying, just throwing it out there as a possibility. You never know what might change history. Just little things, butterfly effect, sliding doors. <laughs> yeah, still need to do that podcast. That's an idea at some point. <laughs> sliding doors. What if? What if? What if Triple H didn't marry Stephanie McMahon? That was a big one, wasn't it? What if uh, what if Jeff Jarrett took over WWE? That might actually happen in future. That could be one we could throw in. <laughs> what if the screw job didn't happen? Throw that one in there. Close You'll off. manage oh, the Endeavor owns property that owns a conglomerate of WWE, AEW, and TNA with Jeff <laughs> Jeff Jarrett as CEO. <laughs> That's just 2030, mate. It's coming. It is. Because <laughs> I think Andy raises a good point here. He says, like, is it is it dead for news at the moment? Or mm-hmm. is it just generally it's so mental in wrestling because there's so much stuff that comes out, mm. you know, and it isn't a case of you wait to see what Meltzer says or, or Wade Keller says and primarily in a newsletter before we kind of get a whole list of backstage tidbits. I mean, Sean Ross Sapp is sending them off a few times a day, isn't he? All manner of stuff, you know. So there's so much 
like kind of uh, news out there for everybody to kind of take on board. But it's yeah, it's going to be like that when we do like the year in review, or we do our like um, mainly do our our, uh, our Grappy Awards, which we're uh, we're going to be doing later in the month again, uh, like we did uh, last year on Patreon, and it was like yeah, this year it's going to be like news story of the year. Steve Austin returning and wrestling a match at WrestleMania is going to be like number six. Like that's just yeah. the type yes. of year it's been, hasn't it? Like that yeah. that should dominate. That should be all we've been talking about since like April. Like. Do you even remember it happens? You know, at this point, that's the year it's been. Yeah, I just sort of remember this is the year that Vince McMahon went, isn't it? Fucking hell. <laughs> We've been openly praying for this. For Bigger like than that. It's the year Cody went. That's the biggest news story. That was January, wasn't it? Or February, something like that. Nice. <laughs> we had to do a breaking news audio for that. ROH dying, that was one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not that. Well, kind of. Is it alive? That zombie <laughs> yeah. promotion. There is that. <laughs> Latching onto the back of something like a fucking parasite charging 40 quid a pop. The future 2006 Benno always wanted, but uh, no. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't believe you went Cody over Punk there, Benno. Oh, uh, you know, that's that, that, that's all uh, that small story that's happened. So I told you, Sam, it's Cody's work, the, uh, that, the, bigger, uh, the bigger game changer, Cody and Brandy leaving, you know. It'll be the the big story next year as well. It's just fucking yeah, it is. It's balmy like that. That is that's going to be a big topic of the discussion. Like the uh, the biggest stuff this year. Like I I, I was going to say, Gareth, how's your uh, how's your watching bid while you've uh, you not been doing the podcast? Are you like, you're back to uh, back to back to just not watching wrestling anymore? Is how's your life for the last three months? Just skipping <laughs> skipping out on it on it all apart from the spreadsheets. Is that what it is? I've been I've been enjoying a bit of non league football. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, have you? <laughs> no, it's uh, uh, God just massively re- regressed. Obviously, like I, you know, fell out with Noah, didn't I? And that was one that I was like getting myself heavily invested in. And then so that mm. just the back burner, New Japan on the back burner. I'm definitely not following Yoli Benno and diving into the fucking WWE and starting <laughs> to watch any of that. So that's uh, that that hasn't bounced back. And like, yeah, it's just it's just gone this like I'm just watching AEW and even that now it's starting to become a bit kind of like it's on in the background rather than it being something that's kind of like absolutely compelling that like I'm like Mm. you know yes it's dynamite this week it's like oh it was dynamite five days ago I better watch it I suppose kind of thing (laughs) as opposed Mm. to being like all over it really so yeah it's been a do you still like wrestling (laughs) (laughs) we're going to have to rebrand you from Grapple Gareth or something else non-league Gareth I still like good wrestling. That's why. That's why I think the, the majority of my wrestling that I watch actually is just old wrestling now. That's why. That's why Patreons can generally hear me yeah. pop up on the fucking Patreon like every three weeks or something like that. It's that's mm. where it's like you get your motivation to want to talk about stuff and like break stuff down properly and things and like think about it. That's mm. it's uh, it's it's the old stuff. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't feel like there's in like what's going on week to week. I just don't think, I, I don't feel like there's loads going on out there beyond mm. like, obviously you're saying there about like the news stories and things like that. Mm. The actual promotions and booking and even like matches really, to be like, to be honest, I, I just think, I don't know, it's been a bit of a, bit of a poor year all, all in all. And mm. it'll be interesting one actually to kind of like, when we do that year end review, just mm. look at things when I'm putting like the grapple one under together, I'm thinking, Oh, I'll be, you know, I'll dig in there and there'll be like some good matches there that I definitely haven't seen and I'll give them a watch and things and you know, I'm sort of hopeful that it might make me I don't know, it might light a bit of a fire to go watch, you know, go and watch a bit of New Japan or something like that in mm. in a bit more detail and things. But um but yeah, to be honest, there's um 
I wouldn't say that there's been a whole lot that seems to be going on out there that's made me think, oh, fuck, I've got to watch that. I've absolutely, you know, I can't miss this, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably uh, probably jumped out at the right time. <laughs> Chris, people in the chat here, Chris saying that uh, maybe it was the TNT GCW show that killed you off, Gareth, or Simon saying maybe Joseph Connors appearing at that North Shore you went to. They're the real reason you're, uh, you're yeah, out, aren't they? It's that. Big body blows there. I wouldn't blame you there, Gareth, at that point. That's <laughs> <laughs> not from the, it's a uh, fucking one-two <laughs> combo that Tyson would have struggled with. <laughs> Eighty-nine or something. Jesus. I get what you mean, though, because it is. It's like I don't know. Like that. I think we've been spoiled the last few years, and that we've always had like a hot thing to follow. Like you know, whether it was like when NXT was great, you know, at least the pay per views, because we all uh, you know we've got a subject yeah. we're going to be talking about later. We all maybe misremember sometimes, or nostalgia takes over sometimes, doesn't it? But that was a good time. That was the hot thing for a while. New Japan was the hot thing for a while, wasn't it? That like our type of fan could gravitate towards. AEW has been it for the last while. Maybe it's yeah, it's that lateral cycle. We're all waiting for like the the next uh, the next bandwagon to uh, to jump on. Lucha Underground was one for me for a while. MLW is one still for JP. So at least you've uh, <laughs> you've got that made to carry you through. <laughs> Our good friends at Impact yes. Wrestling, you know, we love them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think he did have that crossover though, where it was like you know, obviously New Japan was fucking as as hot as anything. Mm. There was you know there was still some stuff happening on W. WWE, like the odd thing here that, that was like, you know, worth watching at least. You had like NXT obviously there, the indie scene was fucking on fire and stuff, so you were going to like good shows on your doorstep effectively with, you know, progress at the time or Rev Pro, like some of the people there who you, you know, you look back on them old cards and you look at some of the names that were like filtering through there and you think like, mm-hmm. fucking hell, you had it like on so many different levels there, didn't you? Like stuff that you could just watch in different places, but mm-hmm. nothing there. It's uh, not, not like that these days, is it kind of thing? And this is where you kind of like you're pinning your pinning your hopes to the to AEW, and maybe that's part of the problem is pinning too much hopes to AEW, and your mm-hmm. expectations been a bit too high and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Ashton Smith doing you- a cowboy gimmick on the British Indies, not getting you in now. Uh, Effie, oh, no, no. Will, doing a UK tour, <laughs> I think mentioned in the chat. No. <laughs> no. Not going to pull you back. What, him and Warhorse. <laughs> no, the UK. Um, I can. I think that, that Gareth's kind of really hit on something there. It, it's just more in hope than an expectation. Mm-hmm. We're kind of hoping that promotions get themselves back on track. You know, I'm looking to the to the dome as can new japan get itself back on track kind of you know put out there this like kind of big match in front of a hot crowd for the first time in Mm. years and you know not flooding it with a day after show so it feels like everything's a singles match not half the card even on the dome shows would be Mm. just because you know i know are going to get themselves back on track Mm. like around this I, i think that's it like the only real promotion for me that still kind of shows year-on-year growth as much as anything over this COVID period is stardom, and that's going to be ultimately always too niche for people to want to get into and invest lots of time like it, it's it, because of the nature of it. But I think it's, yeah, we've got a, we've got a weird state of affairs, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, I think it. it's one of them there where you say with like New Japan there, it's, I mean, I have had, you know, you've dipped in the odd thing here and there kind of over Mm. the last sort of 18 months and things, but definitely, you know, not remotely regular. And that's kind of like one of the things I'm sort of open here is that almost like a bit of a effectively taken 
as near as damn it, an 18 month break from New Japan is I'm looking at Wrestle Kingdom and I'm looking at some of the matches on there and they are intriguing and they are things mm. that, you know, you know, on the day they're going to be good, good matches. And that's where I'm open. Like that might be like, oh, this feels fresh. And like maybe if the crowds are a bit more, you know, back, you know, back and able to be a bit more animated and things by that point and things that maybe you might kind of get this second, you know, almost second wave of interest in, in New Japan because it's going to feel a bit fresher mm-hmm. and a bit newer. And if then their booking follows that as opposed to going around in circles like it has done for what feels like three mm-hmm. years now, then I don't know, potentially that's, that's one that, you know, might pique the interest a bit more, but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? What you're saying is, yeah, not only football's where it's at. Is that beer the next uh, next <laughs> period, mate? Not only football, craft beer, and trips to it is. That's all I've seen you up to since you've uh, you've not been on the podcast. That's it. That's the life of Gareth now. Go to a gig midweek. Go to a non-league yeah. football game on a Saturday. Spend about fucking twenty quid in in total on tickets, kind of thing. That's uh, mm. definitely uh, definitely where the value is. Uh, definitely not. Um, Definitely not paying three times that to sit uh, sit in the uh, sit in the seats at progress. No, fuck that. <laughs> so I think seven hundred and one um, uh, last week. Apparently, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what else have you been up to, Gareth? Like, uh, what, what's the uh, what, what, what was Amsterdam? I saw so you were there. You were there last week. Naughty bastard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> twice in twice in three months or twice in four months Molly. to Amsterdam. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, great place, isn't it? It's, uh... <laughs> well, apart from that really vile bit in the fucking middle of it, there's there's that. <laughs> Past the entertainment, though, isn't it? You know, I've been uh... <laughs> I don't, being inside been the mind time. of a daily sport reader, as I'm often trying to <laughs> remind people. Uh, it's, it, it's just being on stag. It's just being on when you go there on stag dues, and it's like that. You just see like just the behaviour at times, just around you. It is like mm. being inside, inside some sort of weird Dutch fever dream. Something like that, like, you know, it is, yeah, it's a, it can be a fun place. It is like, and again, some of the craft brewery spots are fucking awesome. Like, I'm mm. completely down, like, with some big of that shout out to, Big shout out to Oedipus Brewery. Fucking great place. Absolutely mm. fucking awesome. They're regular listeners, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like that's a good rule. I think in general, all all the Brits should just be banned from traveling. Like and anywhere, yeah. anywhere I've ever been with my mates, it's like been a I don't know. We, we'll treat it like it's like a, yeah. a I don't know a, an attempt to improve international relations. Like we're not all as bad as like some of the gobshites that you get over here. Who, like turn up in like a you know in a Borat uh, onesie and uh, <laughs> cause mayhem and uh, rip up the town overnight. You know we're not all that bad. Some of us are good. I don't know, mate. We we treat the world like it's a fairground, like yeah. everything outside of these borders, and it's just there to be fucking ridden and enjoyed to death, whether or not the locals like it. It's just, yeah. it's, it's kind of just, you just see the worst aspects behaving. Normally, there is some sort of Brit involved somewhere along the line. It's it's very hard to get past that at point. At point. Strange the way there's been uh, no trouble at this World Cup, isn't it? You know, almost well, like there's a missing ingredient there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were right about well, after all, you know. <laughs> I think I think this World Cup has that magic ingredient of oppression to <laughs> battle any uh, wannabe hooligans there uh, into the mix, knowing full well if they get absolutely pissed up and start getting leery, the consequences get very fucking severe, mm. like you know, very very quickly. So I think there is that kind of like good behaviour. There's plenty yeah. of good sports washing videos by uh, various people who work for like the media. Going, do you know what? it's all right here, isn't it? 
That's if, if you, you watch on about Fox. all the really bad stuff, it's a great place to go, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so good. Isn't Ronaldo staying there now? Isn't is that, is that where he signed? I don't even know. Where Saudi he's Arabia. Saudi, is it? Yeah. Fuck, oh better. yeah. That was always coming, wasn't it? Uh, well, he yeah. couldn't go to the MLS, could he? No, uh, he's gonna be gonna fuck. I, I, I can see the headlines now. Like he'll end up getting dropped. And is that game tomorrow? Is it? Uh, yeah, I think there's there. rumours of him being dropped for his immature behaviour when he was substituted, which is very unlike him. He's just so, clearly he's gotten to an age, he's like prima donna wrestler, isn't he? He's gotten to an age now where it's like he's clearly not he, he hasn't got the pace anymore. He's not as good as he was. He's getting he just can't accept that he's getting older. He can't accept that it's done. And he's just kicking out and spitting his dummy out and causing all loads of mayhem on the way out. Just like, oh, it'd be glorious if they if he causes them to uh, to lose or something tomorrow. It's Hogan, isn't he? That's what he yeah. is. It's Hogan. Like, uh, yeah. he's, <laughs> he can't accept the season over. Hogan Aldo. <laughs> He, th- he thinks he's got like creative control over how this World Cup's going to go and things like that. But luckily, <laughs> that fucking uh, Portugal manager's going to call his bluff here, isn't he? It's good on it. It's like the fucking uh, that. What was it? Was it the goal where he was like claiming he had a touch on it? And like from every angle, it was like he fucking didn't. Like, well, we're going to get the lawyers involved. We're going to find out, aren't we? It's just so fucking petty. Hogan, that sums him up. He's Hogan. Uh, and Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia's TNA, <laughs> Dixie, shake, yeah. shake Dixie Carter. <laughs> Money will fall out. Yeah, it works out. It? <laughs> Except you can't like. I imagine if he goes over there and starts slagging it off like Booker T when he was there, or Christian, or something, it'd be like much more fucking serious consequences. Mm. I mean, they'll have his bollocks off. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Oh, fingers crossed. If he even happens. has any, the fucking weird robot. <laughs> Connor saying in the chat Ronaldo versus Zach and Fanmar on the Dubai show there you go progress have got a book and that's what that was <laughs> get it done yeah. if you started doing like bare knuckle boxing I'd be interested in Ronaldo I'm thoroughly bored of the man at this mm. point in time mm. I mean I'd love for him to be dropped from this I, but I'm also completely unsentimental. I don't do any of the messy stuff either. Yeah, even Messi is not the baby face, really, is he? Messi's got his like his hand in all kinds of parts as well. He's not. He's not this fucking hero from the slums. He gets portrayed as either. He's a cunt too. He's just not as bad a cunt as Ronaldo. It's yeah. Brett and Sean, isn't it? Because because Brett kind of is a bit of a cunt still, you know. <laughs> Ronaldo, Sean, Messi's Brett. There you go, sorted. It's <laughs> always an analogy. <laughs> Are you saying that his like he, him being manoeuvred out of Barcelona is somewhat like Brett ending up in WCW at PSG, uh, yeah. isn't it? Uh, For a three-year stint that's un- un- very, very under- underwhelming. Should spell the end of his career mm. as well. We'll get his tears yet, mate. I, I, you know, I might be a brave tip. I know Holland haven't impressed anyone, or the Netherlands, I should say, um, mm. haven't really impressed anyone. But I thought they were very smart against the US, and I quietly fancy them to kind of destroy uh, their dream, the mm. messy dream, which mm. I'll enjoy watching because I'm a prick. <laughs> Are there any baby oh. faces left in the World Cup? Japan's out now. You know, you can all support Brazil. Maybe they were good today. There, never, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't bring myself. I'm a spiteful arsehole. But um, I don't know, really. I mean, we'd be talking... Well, I wouldn't expect Morocco mm. to go through. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I can see it being Spain-Portugal coming mm. out of the other one. Who's the other team left in it? I forget. Who's Spain? Oh. Like Switzerland. Mm. I think it's like... That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So... Like out of those, I mean Switzerland, Granite Xhaka for a laugh. Like I find that that quite funny. If he could add a World Cup to a CV, that would make me fucking p- 
piss my pants laughing. But mm. I don't know. I don't know who wants to win. Maybe I'll just go on the route that Gareth does, which is just put on canny bets and just have it pay for your fucking beer and takeout for the week. I think that's just a smart way to go, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into a full messy diatribe here, but like I'm... I'm all in on the Messi thing here. Like, oh, I want Messi to win it. It's going to oh, really? be the ultimate. Oh, huge! I mean, I'm, I always, I know me fucking back the Argies anyway. I've always, like, I've always, uh, always been a been a fan of the Argies and their style of football. But it would just piss on Ronaldo's chips so much. Mm. If like, I just hate. Yeah. Like, it's more the hatred of Ronaldo than like, anything else. I'd just love to see. Yeah. Like, you almost want, like you, you almost want like split screen, you know. You want Shane McMahon being on WCW and um, Vince on Raw at the same time, and you just want Messi holding up the World Cup and then a camera on like uh, Ronaldo's face as that happens, kind of thing. That would be like the ultimate World Cup moment for me. Like, do you reckon be- Benno fell away about Suarez when he came up on the big screen, like after they'd beaten Ghana, but they realised they were out. <laughs> That's fucking lovely. Yeah. Lad. I was, yeah, I was, it was Grapple Sarah's reaction to that. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Did she enjoy that? <laughs> Still the best Facebook follow I've got. <laughs> yeah, big Suarez fan, I was there. Uh, but, uh, oh. well, it is, you know, if, you, if you're getting into your heels and faces there, he's the ultimate heel, isn't he? He's the ultimate mm. World Cup heel. And when it, uh, there was that Knows one point where heel, he, 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 he got booked in that, um, that you know, the. But like the best heels, he always thinks he's right as well. Um, but um, but um, he, and he's there, was that, there was that moment where it said like he'd been booked, and it looked like if it's the score stayed the same, they would have been going out on like the, the like fair play award, and it would have been down to Suarez getting a yellow card. And you were like, how like that could have just been the ultimate like ultimate karma kind of thing, like ever. Mm. But, um, but <laughs> the end of the day, I'm a great player. <laughs> I, I still think I don't care that much <laughs> you know, what are you going to say JP well we haven't mentioned England at all during this mm-hmm. with a oh. relatively yeah a relatively comfortable uh, 3-0 win over Senegal mm. that was well, I don't know the, uh, my TV was behind so I could hear the pub uh, just round the corner fucking shouting I was like oh, goal then in that case and it was uh it's usually yeah. Andy Ogden for me. Goal, yeah. name of person. I'm like, fuck I don't know what speed his telly works, but it's obscene. <laughs> he just has like the fucking direct signal, so he gets that first because he just <laughs> completely gets those goals before any. And I'm just thinking, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm. what what is going on? Why is everything for me running like at least a minute behind? But um, mm. I, I, from a football perspective, dare I say it, this has been one of the one of the best World Cups so far. It's we haven't had a classic final for a long time. That would mm. be the thing that I would say. That's you know, and it would be bad if it was in Qatar, wouldn't it? Mm. Like, it happens in the US. It'd be bad that it involved years, England, but I don't doubt that. It's not going to happen, is it? Probably not. <laughs> Those yeah, last group, them last group games were fucking awesome, weren't they? Those things going down to like the last day when you were, you were having like one goal swings and like you know there was that sweet spot where it was like um, was it Costa Rica and Japan were going through and both Spain mm. and Germany were out and then like three mm. minutes had changed and stuff. There was just a couple of days on the day. trot there where it was like you know one goal was like changing the pitcher loads. That was uh, that, well that booked. Was yeah, like, you can't <laughs> argue with the booking of the tournament. It's been. Like it's been cracking booking all along. Mm. A few upsets, some great false finishes, literally, in, in in some cases, you know. That little bit of controversy as well. And you know, 
it's just the heat isn't there really in the arenas a lot of the time, isn't it? And that's what you want, isn't it? You want to see that that kind of like Thunderdome stuff in it. <laughs> what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like what what's this about like the next World Cup where they're gonna be adding like because it's USA, Canada and Mexico here in it, isn't it? Which yeah. I mean, I feel like America's big enough already that we really need to like cover like two two more fucking gigantic countries. But like aren't they adding like isn't it, like forty eight teams or something daft like that? And it's like leagues of three yeah. or something. What what's the what the fuck what are they doing? I don't know if they'll do that in the end because the groups of three thing is just fucking daft. Yeah, it's so they'll shit, do like people it? getting through that. the round of thirty-two into the last sixteen or something like that if you win the group, mm. or something along those lines. But it's like fucking madness, isn't it, with that stuff? Mm. But it's FIFA. They don't give a shit. No. And you can see in that Netflix documentary, four parts, quite slowly goes into a lot of detail about why they're fucking shit as well. Mm. Now they end up like what Doha is going to do with all these football stadiums. I don't fucking know. Like what? blow them up. I think they're just getting rid of them. Aren't they? <laughs> Literally, it's just going to be like, built oh well, tear them the down now. Modern day slaves, and they're yeah. just going to fucking blow them up straight afterwards mm. for the sake of four weeks. It's mental. It's insane. Yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see Roy Keane kicking off properly about it. Not, uh, not seen enough from uh, from Milan and Sally. What's this? No heat because of the air condition. <laughs> that is an issue. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's been a fucking weird, weird World Cup. Like the final, what was it next Saturday? Is it? I think we're, 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 we're out today, aren't we? But, uh, Two weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, let's hope England don't get there. They're, they're, you don't get much rah rah England patriotism from, uh, from us on this show. I, I, actually, I, actually, I actually cheered my first England goal in about tw- two decades yesterday, and it was just because Jordan Henderson yeah. scored it, and he's like my favorite. Favorite Liverpool player, and I just wanted him to run to all the England fans, just giving him the fucking V's for all the times I've just booed him over the years, and mm. you know, swing his European Cup medal around his neck at them and things <laughs> like that, you know, and just fucking. <laughs> well, it's, it's for me, it's Bukayo Saka. It's the Arsenal stuff. That's yeah, kind of where especially I after I what was. happened to him last time. Like that was so yeah. Well, yeah, you now Jesus is out for back. three months. The fucking assholes, like it's a lot fucking of knee injury. Managers uh, just crying tears because of that one. Oh, they, yeah, they are. Well, I'm crying real tears, mate. I was hoping to fucking see him Boxing Day against West Ham, but mm. bollocks to that now. So, mm. yeah, God knows what's gonna what's gonna happen there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is a weird world. I mean, it's it's enjoyable, but I don't like. I'm not kind of into it. And in terms of England, I've always said like this is the most kind of likable England side in many ways. Mm. Like, and as someone who I'm not an England football fan, Republic of Ireland fan. I look at the, the abuse Southgate gets and I mm. don't fucking understand it because this will be thought of as the golden period. Mm. Like this will be the way that it's uh, it's going. And we now have our new overlord, Jude Bellingham, don't Ooh. we? Uh, Benno, well, you're well clued up on who Jude Bellingham is now, don't you? How much is he in FBL, mate? That's what I want to know. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, he'll be overpriced in FPL, but he probably <laughs> he will start adding loads of goals to his fucking mix. What's the story? Did they, did they like retire his shirt? Is that yeah, what Birmingham? Birmingham. Like, what? Head of the curve. Fucking 19. Like, I don't get it. Like, what was no. it because like you made them so much money or something, or like saved the club or something? Like, what? What? I, I mean, they sold him for, for big money, 
Yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to look into the reasons. I think he's sh- did he I'm sign pretty, I'm, I'm just Yeah, I'm pretty certain money. his con his contract was he could have gone for free and then he signed a new contract, I think, which meant that they could then sell him for a big load of cash instead of getting fuck all for him, mm. which I think saved the club. I think that was the uh yeah. that's 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 me not having done any research and regaling a story that I may have heard once kind of thing that could be absolutely nineteen bollocks, doing but, that. You know, mm. Although but, he was younger than that, wasn't he? He was like seventeen when he went to Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 It might, uh, yeah, there you go. That might, might, might look as, uh, as daft with, uh, with hindsight. Coventry could do with one like that, aren't they? Going out of business because the sports direct mug cunt is, uh, is trying to fuck them up. Yeah. With their Just full cunts football. That's the lesson. It's worse than wrestling. Kicked out of their stadium. Yeah. 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 They've been badly <laughs> treated by fucking Watch the last few years. What's your non-league? There you go. Yeah, I feel bad every time I go to sports direct and give them money to that cunt. Um, <laughs> It's just the thing, though, when you're like looking like, you know, my, say, like my interest in Liverpool has just waned and just done that and that mm. and that over the years as it just becomes more and more fucking bollocks and the atmosphere, the ground goes to shit and everything's about money and da da da. And then uh, where now it's like, oh, the Saudi Dubai takeover kind of thing. And you're just like, if that happens, it's just like, mm. like, it's like you've spent a decade moaning about Man City and them fucking cheating and the money and all that. It's just like it's fucked. It's finished. Just yeah. stick, stick to stick to stick to non-league. That's a uh, that's my you advice. Know, my advice: the only good person in football is Neville Southall. That's uh, that's my. See yeah. him with that. Him with that going to talk to them with Nigel Farage to speak on Good Morning Britain or whatever the fuck it was on. Like, he's the only good man. I still follow, I follow him on Twitter just for a laugh. Some of the retweets you. Uh, you get from it. Just, yeah. be like, <laughs> he's a great man. The, the only, the only good heart in uh, in uh, in the uh, the football. He was an awesome keeper. Oh, the cat. You got it wrong on the adult babies thing, though. I'll just throw that back up. That's a very <laughs> retro comment. That was <laughs> the wisest but, thing Nev's done. <laughs> uh, great man, though. But yeah, there we go. That's the uh, that's the World Cup that's going on. But uh, I was going to say, what else were we been up to? Well, we've been up to the uh, the Brett Hart. Speaking of uh, politics and and nonsense, mm. if uh, Messi and Ronaldo are Brett and Sean, we've been looking at uh, <laughs> at Messi making his way to uh, to WCW. We recorded there uh, that this uh, this last week in the uh, on the on the Patreon. That was a, a hell of a time. Um, I think we've uh, we've definitely had our fill of uh, of Montreal uh, content. Although it might be one quick bonus show coming at uh, at some yeah. point in uh, in December. Uh, on top of that as well. But yeah, great uh, great look back. We did we planned on doing it as a mixtape, didn't we? Um, and then we looked and we realised actually there weren't six great. Pre- pre- Brett <laughs> matches as hard as we tried. Even even you guys couldn't find enough to talk about it in some of those matches. So we turned it into a deep cut. We had a broad strokes look on a, a Brett in, a, in WCW. It was a it was a great time. And the one thing I will say, I'm actually proud, half proud of us, half ashamed, either we'd record that entire thing without once referencing the WCW um, as, uh, as Brett yeah. would, uh, would put ah. it. That was one of the other things that uh, that never quite fit about Brett and WCW. You never got the uh, you could never quite get the name of the company right. Probably a bad start. Uh, <laughs> but the there's a lot of other things that, uh, that went wrong that run as well. <laughs> yeah, it never sounded right, did it? No, it always it never did. But there's lots of things about Bret Hart and WCW that don't sound right. I mean, yeah, this was it was it was cracking and simultaneously depressing to do this. Really, when you mm. when you were when we were looking back at it as well. But it's it's just so bizarre how he's used from the very beginning. But we were saying, you know, in the chat between ourselves before we'd started recording, how just the idea of him being it just all felt really, really weird. 
And, you know, the fact on the night one that Shivani doesn't get the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be, like, comment right, it's just like, oh, yeah. Also, he could referee a match between, you know, makes his debut, also he can referee a match between Eric Bischoff and Larry Zabiska. I mean, the signs were there that this was, it was going to be shit, but it's a fascinating period of time as well. And, you know, at some point we'll use the... uh, cramming of Dave Meltzer channeling the spirit of uh, Brett the Hitman Hart in the uh, observe this at some point in the future just to give a final full stop to it all but mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's been Brett month this is Gareth loving it though weren't you mate oh yeah you had me reels right back in for there that's uh, when I say about like modern wrestling not doing it for me even if it's fucking Brett in WCW and going back and watching some of that that was definitely more uh, more appealing than, uh, than than other stuff that's out there and mm-hmm. yeah just getting the chance to just go into it look at it from different angles obviously we did the you know obviously we did the show um, the Survivor Series show we did the uh, Wrestling with Shadows documentary. We did the WCW show there as well. Like so, it was just uh, it was just good to just look at it from from all those uh, all those different angles, all them different perspectives. But definitely the right uh, right decision to make it a deep cut rather than a uh, mm. a uh, mixtape because you know as much as I love to fucking sit down and you know break down the detail of a match and you know kind of try and. You know, look at the nuance and strip back the layers of the story when you you're watching watching a match and it's like deemed to be one of his top five and you're literally just writing like they had a match kind of thing yeah. like and that's the extent of your notes. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not one for you to get into the uh, get into the weeds of. It's more the the weirdness of it all, isn't it? Like it was just just fucking berserk. It's biz- so berserk. The the money that they spent, the time waiting to get him the hotness that he came in with and the fact that they just no plan, no idea what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Nonsensical mm-hmm. matches, nonsensical feuds. Sometimes Bischoff gets it wrong, lads. Sometimes. Mm. Unbelievable. <laughs> Every now and then. <laughs> you, you, you never tell the, you that, but you know. <laughs> you look at the Hart versus, the fucking Bret Hart versus Hogan match that they do on TV mm. to just lead mm. to Bret Hart turning heel on Sting. Yeah. joining up with Hogan and you've just got your head in your hands or just giving all that's like Brett when he wants his thing really <laughs> <laughs> that's like no story yeah. that's the first quarter of a year that he's there that's like how quickly like things go wrong it, that was the thing it was looking at that like I've got a like a kind of fond memory of that early period where it was kind of exciting to see who he'd wrestle and then it's the matches uh, which just haven't got uh, got much to say for them you know the Savage match the Sting match the Hogan match but the biggest thing to me the, was going the back, Brian Adams match the Brian Adams match yeah which was his first fucking match you got Bret Hart and you put him in against fucking Crutch that just shows you uh, yeah, if, uh, if Bischoff's trying to shift the blame there I think Things were wrong from uh, not maybe not day one, but day two definitely. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> but no, that that was it. But it was like you say, it wasn't about the match; it was the angles. The who who you to doubt El Dandy um, famous promo. Where, once it, it kicked in that Brett had stopped giving a shit, we actually got a little bit of gold then. So it was fun revisiting that the uh, the famous Goldberg uh, angle in Toronto as well. We had a great uh, great time talking that and the nuance. Like we were breaking that down like it was a match. The little little seconds of mm-hmm. uh, of Brett Selvin and stuff. That was where the uh, the joy was to be had with that. And uh, your uh, comparison with him and Frank Grimes when it comes to the Goldberg super kick is—is is, I'm not going to spoil it. It's a—it's—it's it's, 
Yeah. If you, yeah, if you want to hear the... I mean, I, I've made a controversial argument or, or two on, on Twitter before in, in my past JP, not but I, if you want to hear the case for it not being Goldberg's fault that, uh, that Brett has retired, you can uh, you can hear her on that next day. I, I, I stand by. I stand by. I feel like I feel like it's a MacGuffin. I just don't feel... I just feel... Brett, Brett's angry, and it's very funny that he's angry um, that Goldberg, and he likes to... Uh, he likes to wear to shoehong, you know, what's the problem with global warming? Well, Goldberg super kicked me, so, you know, that, uh, yeah. I kind of kicked off the, uh, the whole thing. Like, that's, that's just, like, Brett's disposition well, these days. But, I don't know, it might, as a spoiler, it might be something to do with the multiple choke sams and power bombs Brett takes from Sid in the weeks after the kick. Maybe when he landed hey. on his head trying to put a figure four on Goldberg in the ring post. Maybe the multiple house shows he worked in the weeks after it, JP. It could be something to do with those. Who knows? Um, Goldberg's fault, apparently. Um, Wait, we got into that though does lead to the f- quite wild situation of Sid for the first time in his career trying to be safe with a wrestler like <laughs> and he doesn't well. really come across very well <laughs> no he, he, he hasn't no. quite got the chops for that as old uh, softball Sid has he yeah. uh, no. at that point in time no that's it but yeah we feel like yeah. we've got, got that time. up on the Patreon I will have uh, another episode of the Karen Peterson show up on mm. the Patreon as well um, so you know, mm. really look forward uh, to that uh, as well at the same time, yeah. got the daily updates, got the weekend show as well, which will be yeah, and up, yeah, and going forward this week, obviously we're going to be recording with uh, with mm. King of the Mountain Connor, uh, looking yes. at uh, his choice uh, as King of the Mountain. Um, like I say if anyone does want to sign up at that level on our, our Patreon, you get to uh, to choose what we review, and uh, Connor's gone with a, a mixtape looking at the uh, the Shield um, and their run. Some uh, Im and Matty have been uh, putting their heads together to come up with uh, some matches. Um, there's a great little uh, playlist Connor has uh, given us that's uh, wow. up for uh, for all on our uh, on our Patreon page as well. So yeah, look yeah. forward to uh, recording that and uh, maybe getting a little bit of uh, to be history me and you are fully familiar with JP. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be of a period of time where I was kind of, well, they would have been possibly the only thing I would have been wanting to watch mm. uh, as much as anything. But I look forward to that. And December is always a fun month. So if there's a time to kind of get on board, we do a lot of the kind of year end awards yeah. and uh, the grappies. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've got coming up. Them. And Matty's yeah, curating the list. So fucking hell. Like, <laughs> and there's a lot to get into. So, yeah, there'll be the grappies and there'll be the crappies, and I'm looking forward to uh, what a word uh, Matty throws in for the uh, the crappies and the uh, and the worst of the year. That should be a uh, should be a good laugh. And yeah, there's a minor most spoiler improved for- edge. No, <laughs> Most looking forward to our 2023 goes Edge. Uh, it should be the answer to every one of Matthews. <laughs> yeah. um, but, Edge but versus yeah, Reigns. Edge goes on. <laughs> the other bright idea we've had is uh, for the new year as well. We're going to be uh, doing a, a special month on the uh, on the Patreon page where uh, me, uh, us us three and, uh, and Matty will be Come the kings of the mountain, and we will all um, pick. The, the, the idea is we haven't quite get labelled it yet. I think it's probably going to be a what dealer's choice or something like that. We'll call it. But the the working idea is that we'll uh, each of the four of us will uh, will pick a Patreon show that we'll have to do uh, within the month. And we and nobody can turn it down. So no denials. Everyone gets their uh, their dream Patreon show. And it's, I think it's feel, I feel like it's just going to be a game of the four of us trying to come up with the the thing that the other three will hate most to uh, to review. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing Gay Girls Part Two. Um, JP, that should be, uh, should be a good laugh. <laughs> well, you mentioned if you buy the DVD, there's another film about. Um, <laughs> Oh no, that's going to be a in Tokyo, basically. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, but yeah, I gotta we'll come up with uh, some uh, some stuff for for each other, some uh, some wild stuff. See, my problem is I'll be trying to come up with something you will all hate, but I'll end up like wanting you to like it secretly. So it'll be like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pick any retro ROH or something like that. Uh, I'll just be I'll just be too disappointed if you watch it and uh, you know the basketball boards in the background put you off, or it's like that first Brian match in the mixtape. I'll be uh, I might go the other route. I'll be uh, be trying to impress, but yeah, I'm sure you've got some stuff up your your sleeve you might have for us for that. I thought you'd just be saying, like, we're just going to watch this week's Raw or something. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Man, Live watch along three hours. There you go. So <laughs> we'll just watch I'll the adverts. Asleep, That'll man. do. I'll be <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be a, I don't know, I said there, big fan of joint promotions, aren't you? The old, uh, the old yeah, uh, World of Sports style, Benno. Uh, maybe a... Uh, <laughs> maybe that's the regal nice in the 80s mixed, is that what's coming yeah. <laughs> nice little mixtape coming your way maybe if we can yeah. get chuck a bit of I, I want to chuck in I'm very tempted to chuck in some all Japan just mm. for Matty as much as anything mm. else just to see what he makes of like Misawa and Kawada <laughs> like and the like just what's even yeah they're alright like what you said that about a card <laughs> generational talent educating Matty yeah, educating Matty <laughs> <laughs> I'll check a boss sure we'll match in there like I always threaten to do. So, hey, boss man mixtape would be a good laugh. I think we could get Mate, some a boss man mixtape would be fucking awesome. <laughs> bit of rage. Some great punches in that. <laughs> oh, but Simon says the mixtape on my Hardy's 2005 ROH one. I wouldn't put you lads through it. Don't worry, um, <laughs> you'll be safe. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll come up with uh, with some fun stuff. That'll be uh, that'll be coming in the uh, in the new year as well. So plenty of reasons to subscribe at, uh, at patreon.com slash grapple. But yeah, moving on from there, we should uh, we should get into the uh, the weekend wrestling, which is mainly AEW, but we've got some other uh, odds and sods uh, we're going to get into. As I mentioned, Garrett's got the uh, the top uh, ten matches for, for Grapple for November. JP's been watching a bit of MLW. Mike can get a bit of uh, tales of the uh, the territories uh, chatting as well. But before all that, we uh, we should talk some AEW. And we yeah, uh, we talked it at the top, Gareth. You know, we talked about your maybe your, your interest in, uh, in modern wrestling, uh, Wayne. And there was a there was a point where we were chatting like in in these three months where we haven't had you on the main show where like you were definitely at least a month behind on dynamite um, i'm guessing you've uh you've caught up in these uh in these last three months uh so at least that, that's a that's a positive sign i think for your uh for your aw fandom it's just as you get close to a pay-per-view isn't it you're like oh i've been yeah. having all watched like so when the pay-per-view <laughs> when i'm watching the pay-per-view i'm like right up to date but um mm. yeah it's um it was kind of like one of them where i think it was probably when i um when I stopped podcasting, but it was just sort of just fell fell back a little bit there, where it was like the necessity to have to watch it within mm. two or three days that it had happened. So I did find myself with like about a four week back backlog. But I think um, it's um, it's 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 one of them where I'm up to date. It's uh, it's it's still entertaining. I sometimes like think back, like it's dead funny. Like I'll sometimes see stuff on Twitter or just online and things, and it's like people. Given uh, well, given news a hard time for maybe being a bit more anti AEW or something like that. When actually, I think it's just a bit more re- realism. Whereas I think back to when you know when I was on here every week, and I used to kind of think to myself, "Oh, do we just sound like we're absolute fanboys?" Because I thought we were just we were total like positive. You know, we were like real like you know really kind of uplifted by it. Really, and you know, week to week, you're there you're talking about the way that all the you know the. So the the great matches, having like four star plus matches, you know, every week. You're picking these like stories where there was like nuance to them, and there were just like you could see that it was something that was going to like pay off over over time. But 
somewhere in the mix of this year that just a lot of that just seems to have just got lost um the, you know from from my perspective and while i'll throw dynamite on and it's like two hours of wrestling that i'm going to enjoy and it's going to be the best two hours of wrestling that i can probably that i can probably watch on like on a week-to-week basis out there it's um it's certainly not like you know i use the word compelling it's not like I'm like, wow, you know, gotta, gotta, gotta get it watched, you know, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I'm going to be like doing a you and sitting up to watch live at fucking two o'clock in the morning or anything like that. It's, uh, it's not, not dragging me to do that the same way as it was like 12, 18 months ago and things, but, um, but yeah, mm. still a lot of good about it. It's still a lot to enjoy, but it does feel like there's this fucking massive black hole there where there's uh, stuff that could be significantly better in so many ways that it absolutely isn't. And I don't know. Maybe we just uh, take it too seriously and get hung up on, on on that stuff, and maybe sometimes should just sit back and take it for, take it for what it is. Sometimes it's weird because like, you know you say about like staying up live. Like I, I feel like I almost do that because I don't know if, if catching up with it in like in the days like since when it gets say it got to a Monday and recording Spotlight, and I felt like I had to get it in. Like I do Rampage. Like I think I almost need to consume it live because when Ramp Dynamite's good, I'm watching it going. I could take another hour here. I'd even watch Rampage. If Fight let me watch it, I'd probably enjoy watching an extra hour here and uh, watch, watching Rampage now. But, like, it's, like, as as the days go on, like, yeah, my interest level kind of goes down. And it does. It feels like, you know, whether you, whether people agree with us or not, you know, and I know, like, some of the things we've said about AW people don't agree with. I don't know where these people were, like you say, when we were overwhelmingly positive about AW. I can remember having conversations with you guys where, like, you know, it's like, remember when we were talking about, like, Phoenix and Pentagon? And I was getting all wound up. Like, imagine, imagine me caring about Phoenix and Pentagon. But I was like, oh, they need to be pushed properly. They need to have their proper singles run. And like, you guys were like, oh, you need to let it, let, you know, I think Tony Khan has, has earned our trust. Let's just see yeah. where it goes. Well, <laughs> you know, those days have ended. Same, it was the same with Cody and with a lot of stuff, though, wasn't it? Where we'd be like, oh, we'll give, give the benefit of the doubt. And I'd say, like, even if people don't agree with, like, the the ins and outs of the things we critique, you know, or the, or the individual criticisms we might make about the shows. I think everybody to a man has got to admit at this point that clearly we're in, like, a, you know, as far as interest levels go, as far as excitement goes, as far as a, a buzz around the product goes, we are at a bit of a fellow web. You know, I'll mm. save, maybe we'll go into so much the numbers and stuff, because we are going to do a year-end uh, AW uh, in review again, where we'll kind of go go through everything. But I think it is, you know, referencing the numbers. I was listening to Brandon Thurston on, on Wrestlingomics talk about, you know, we're going to get into, you know, the Rampage rating this week was in the 300,000s, and that was back in its normal its normal time slot, the worst 1849 um, that I can remember. It's, uh, it's done. There's a clear softening of Rampage, you know, viewership. There's a clear softening as far as, like, how show attendance goes. I think the pay-per-view numbers are good. If anything, you know, the forbidden... Mm. One thing we might have to correct from our half-year and review, the forbidden door number actually looks like it's pretty fucking strong now compared to, you know, what we were talking about uh, at the time. So there are those positives there. Dynamite, you know, even listening to Brandon, I think he's a little bit more on the fence as far as, like, the, the pattern in viewership goes there. But, you know, the last uh, three weeks or so haven't really uh, helped, you know, a positive argument for Dynamite. But... Can I use all these examples of just of things where it just it does feel like there's just an overall lesser interest, doesn't there? There's just a lack, lack of buzz, lack of energy around the place. It just you know it's still there's still good wrestling, there's still matches I enjoy. There's still stuff like I was 
talking to Joe this week, JP, and like I'm sure mm. you know, you've had this conversation. Like Joe had been watching AW again since Punk came in. He was massively into it again. And then he's basically say, he was saying to me, he hasn't caught up with the pay-per-view yet, because he doesn't really could can't really put his finger yeah. on why, but like his interest is just lower. I think that's reflective in in most people you talk to, isn't it? I think it's not a unusual thing for, for Gareth to say what he says. Within the kind of like the within the community of wrestling fans who watch wrestling, you find in some way, shape, or form that that kind of passion for a whether it's like Gareth mentions there about not watching it, or you mentioned Joe like not even catching up with the pay per view. I find myself like I rarely watch Rampage to be honest with you because I don't think of it having much in the way of consequence, or I'll see whatever the bit I need to see for it is. Mm. And even yourself, you know, who would be you know. Dare I say it is it, you know how are you going to be come time of the sixth death triangle versus uh, the elite match? Like I don't think you'll even want to see hear that song again or you know any of the other stuff that kind of goes along with it. All of our interest has kind of gone down, and it, if you're thinking about kind of where it is, it's almost like I, you can't really necessarily pinpoint it to one for one thing but mm. it's like accumulation of kind of bad booking which now is at a point where it feels pretty or they're trying to add a direction onto a product that's been very directionless and some of it has been because of injuries but there's like too many people who appear and then disappear and so it, it becomes hard to care about the mm. roster and like we've said before replace storylines with titles They've got another fucking title coming to Rampage next week. The Regina Wave title, whatever that is, like, doesn't mean anything, like, mm. really, in the scheme mm. of things, but they have to have it on there. There is all of the, you know, and some of the booking is just downright weird. And then you've got Ring of Honor kind of shoehorning its way on there. You look at that Rampage number. What does Rampage add? Why wouldn't you just call it Ring of Honor at this hmm. point? And just have that and have Rampage as a web-only show or whatever. Because, mm. like, if no one's going to be watching it, you might as well try and do something fucking useful with it and use this primetime telly to shift a few pay-per-views. But it's mm. just a mess, mm. really, with AEW at the moment. And they haven't done the little things like change up the set, but my thoughts were, were when I was watching the main event this week, I was like, why is Kenny Omega not doing anything substantial in this company? Yet in between all of these matches, he's going to be in the fucking Tokyo Dome in a kind of a dream match with Will Ospreay. Being very critical about New Japan and not being, you know, following their product all the time, but they're booking the more interesting match, like, Mm. for this. Whereas they've got him, they've got these guys doing the same shtick seven weeks and seven weeks, you know, over seven matches, I should say. Um and I couldn't give a shit about any of them for a title that I don't really care about. That feels much more like a kind of vanity project than anything else, rather than we've got a Kenny Omega back. Can we put him somewhere near the main event, please? Like, mm. do something fucking serious. Why aren't mm. the, you know, the Bucks and FTR and the rest of it, why aren't they, you know, chasing the acclaimed and that being a kind of a big feud? It's, a, it's at times, it's, it's just like a slog and it goes in stasis. And they're at a point now where they're trying to push a few people through. And you're hoping that they stick, but I don't have that much confidence that Ethan Page and Ricky Starks are going to be kind of sharpening the decline anytime soon. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say I think they are doing FTR and the acclaimed. I think based on on this week's rampage, but you know, oh, hot shotting it though, aren't just they? Be, just before someone replies to you with that, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're hot shotting it, aren't they? With a, I've written on here like with a one week build. Yeah. Now they'll probably just do because. it just mm. because, and it's a mm. and it's a schmuzz, and it's like that should be a match, mm. even if FTR are leaving, let's say, and they're leaving in April. Of which I wouldn't be surprised, and I kind of wouldn't blame them. There's nothing really else they're going to have to do. They've won every other fucking tag title. So, like, mm. unless they're going to do it for shits and giggles, it makes sense for them to go back. And then, uh, but why not have them go over hard at Revolution, which kind of then leads the way to FTR dropping all the other various titles at that point, build to it, make it something special. Now, they'll probably do some sort of schmoz or anything else, but it's... It kind of reeks of desperation when you start doing that for AW to be to be kind of hot shotting a lot of stuff. I feel, and God, the state of this like watching that episode of Rampage, three hundred thousand. There must have been three hundred thousand of the most confused fucking people <laughs> watching this. It was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, who's JD Griffey? <laughs> Who is he? Why, why, why are there 19 people challenging Samoa Joe for the title over the yeah. next three weeks? <laughs> why has he got two belts? <laughs> it's, why I mean, is there a Ring of Honor television champion and they haven't had television for like a couple of fucking years? I, th- I think it's just messy is the thing. I think everyone str- I actually think a lot of the time people struggle to articulate like what their issue with with, with AEW. And it doesn't don't get me wrong, it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, the comp you'll get a lot of people push back on like say the ROH stuff, for example, and be like, Well, it's part of AEW, Jericho's the champion, so why you know, why do you care? It's because it's lesser than. It's because it's you know a bit of a a damaged brand is ROH. It's because it does feel like the you know it feels lesser than you know if AEW is the A product, ROH is the the B product that doesn't even have TV. Just as these random pay per views every now and again, maybe that's the explanation. But it almost doesn't matter what the reason is. People just you know the, these kind of these are all like you know symptoms of a of a wider problem. You know when you hear people moan about you know there being you know. For example, like an example I was going to mention on Rampage, you know, you got Shane Taylor coming in, and you know, to be fair, there was there's, there's some bad faith arguments people people all make, like, well, I don't know who Shane Taylor is, and I said, well, to be fair to them, he stood there on Rampage and explained who he was. You know, Renee Paquette might as well have done a voiceover yeah. in the lengths they went to to explain who he is, and I think when people make that argument, I don't think that's necessarily the argument. The argument actually is that it's just another person to invest in as i always say it's like it's it's the worst tv show in the world that expect that's expecting you to invest in you know five new characters every week to add on to the you know the hundred that that already exist on the show like that is the issue people just struggle to kind of articulate it roh itself isn't a problem you know but it's an extra thing that takes up time Mm -hmm. on the tv having too many belts is you know a common complaint and it's like it makes all of the other belts mean nothing. It's like you know, Carl put in our, our group chat this week. Carl Mann, you know, talking about the the booking in general, you know, and he was harsher than even we are about the you know the booking of, uh, mm-hmm. of AEW, comparing uh, Tony Khan to two thousand WCW Vince Russo, and it's kind of like you know. I think Matty would see that as a positive, but like one thing he <laughs> mentions there is, you know, the fact that there's been 17 turns in a two month span. I haven't checked Carl's maths, but I absolutely believe what he's saying. And it's like, again, too many turns is an easy thing to say, but it's hard to artic- articulate why that's bad. Well, the reason that's bad is that, well, you know, the 18th turn 
obviously means less. The 1910 obviously, obviously means less. And I think, I think it kind of gets to the crux of what the actual issue with AEW is. It's just too much, isn't it? It's too much yeah. to invest in as far as people, as far as belts, as far as things going on. And it's not enough as far as TV time and time for you to care about these people. Like in theory, a wrestling promotion where you cycle people in and out is great. But like when you do it to the extent that AEW does, it makes it hard to invest in a lot of these people. It makes it hard to invest in a you know someone who might disappear off TV for for another eight weeks. It makes a you know it makes you scratch your head and go, well, I was invested in say Miro, but where the fuck is he now? You know, yeah. Like oh, I'm right now. I'm invested in Ethan Page and I'm invested in Ricky Starks, but you know, there's always the danger they're just going to start. They're just going to disappear off TV in a few weeks. You know, I'm invested mm-hmm. in Swerve Strickland and what he's been doing overall. I think he's overall a, a real shining positive example of good things AEW have been doing the last while. But even his storyline's a little bit confusing, and it wouldn't shock me if he disappeared for three months. It's you know, it is. It's it's all of those little things, isn't it? It's not like one obvious narrative threat where you know AW bad. It's just it's a lot of little things that I think you hear in a lot of those similar complaints from people, Gareth. And I think the I think like almost like a collective element to that is just the like the disposable nature. I think like disposables like the word that I'd pro- like use quite a quite a lot thinking about this because again before AW existed you know a big criticism of wwe was that stuff doesn't matter and it's what like why invest in it and things it's just so throw away it's you know and people pinned that down on you know oh, vince mcmahon's changing the script on the day of the show and things and on a whim is just deciding that this person like now has no value whereas they look like they had value two weeks ago and things and and i think that's very much like kind of like the way that i'm you know starting to to feel probably a bit with AEW is just that disposable nature to it. You know, I said there previously, like I always thought and felt and put trust in Tony Khan it, having this kind of like longer term view and that things were things being a bit more well thought out um, mm. and, you know, thinking about, okay, well, this has happened then. It's going to have an implication three months down the line, five months down the line and things. And I think for a, a long period of time, probably when the roster was a bit smaller and it was a bit easier to manage um, those elements, that was one of the like main successes for it for me was that they did put that little bit of detail in there. They did do that little tease of something, that little look or that little something that then you did get the payoff like further down the line because it was it, it was interwoven. But I think just with the the sheer volume of characters, for want of a better word, who just seem to just cycle in and out on a weekly basis, and they you know they brought in they deemed to mean something for, you know, a three-week period and then they just vanish altogether and then suddenly some new face turns up in the back of an interview and you're supposed to care about them and maybe they don't even then turn up on the show for two weeks and then they're back and then they're in there for two weeks or something like that. And it's there's kind of that element of like no consistency to it, that no that no reason to that no reason to sort of like buy into certain certain people. And this is where then where some of the booking side of it comes in is where a match just happens. A, a, a graphic just suddenly comes up and it's like, oh yeah, and next week on Dynamite it's like whatever, it's Darby Allen against Samoa Joe for the title next week. And it's like like really like you know, mm. i thought you know where's like where's that come from you know mm. you know endless you could pull out endless times that random so-and-so is just taken on somebody else kind of thing like a, a a week later with no build to it it's even happened to pay-per-views and things where something's just thrown into the mix like a week before as well and it's again i think if if the if the booking feels 
um, short-term, disposable, then you're going to consume it in that way as well, and have mm. that like like natural natural opinion to it. And and you know, I say it's stop. It's it's a, it is a literal barrier to you investing in these people as characters on your on on a TV show because as soon as you know that actually nothing's going to happen with this this isn't going anywhere this person's good there, there, there is no like storyline ahead of this person or things like that they're just they're just popping in and out like someone coming and like buying a coffee in fucking lassiter's or something like that and then you never see them again or something then like <laughs> then why bother why invest it like uh, uh, and and that's where it's you know i talk about it previously it's just been like something that i now have on it's there i'm watching it i'm like enjoying it for what it is the match or uh, someone might do an interview that's good or something like that but it's stopping me like mm. being deep into it and thinking about it i think that's i think that's probably the thing that's that's that that's where the line is with me is i've stopped thinking about it we used to say on this shirt like we're, we're when that was on spotlight every week we used to say it's great you've got all you're thinking about the direction that this might go in like what might happen when you know their paths cross or because he's done this what's that going to mean further down the line and you you're you're able to kind of like fantasy book or you're able to kind of like speculate and have like different routes that it might go down and you might think one thing benno and i might think something else and Mm -hmm. things there's kind of like no reason to even do that anymore because aside from maybe two threads that you might get through a half year period or something really there's nothing there with any level of substance to to do that with Mm. and you you've hit the nail on the head this is now become disposable tv and that's a really dangerous place to be particularly if you're thinking about tv rights renewals and everything else because if you look at like even like a lot of the attendances and stuff. And I think part of it was this is the year where they felt like they properly burnt out places. Like it's something that you raise, like, you know, mm. a bit with the amount of times they're running the Northeast and everything else. And it feels kind of, then the atmosphere feels kind of repetitive. Mm. Now, obviously, I know there's been a delay, but like them getting over to here in front of some hot crowds and just putting something on TV, which looked like it's got really hot crowds and proper full arenas is something that they could have been doing a little while ago, frankly, but they haven't. Like they've kind of waited as if like they were going to just all the chips were in on doing a big Craven Cottage show, and then by the time that's not happened. But to raise the point, I mean, I'm just looking at the A. Like, there's two things. You look at the final battle card and look mm. at the kind of general lack of enthusiasm for this, and some matches where I'm just like, I, this is weird. Like mm. Athena versus Mercedes Martinez, and Athena's turned heel. Like all of this stuff, I'm just like, what? But if you look at the just the AEW roster and the amount of people who are missing from it, who just aren't, you don't know Adam Cole, no Andrade, Angelico's on here for some reason, Anthony Agogo, Bandido, Brian Pillman Jr. is on here as well. Obviously, you've got House of Black, but they're effectively kind of meaningless and all this. CM Punk is still up on there. Very interesting. <laughs> Dante Martin, do you remember when we used to talk loads about him? I mean, it just feels like, you know, he's back in the tag team shuffle, but he doesn't feel like he's going to hit those heights that you kind of quite excited about. Eddie Kingston, like... After, that's a big one for me. He should be a main... How is he not a main character? That that's How is he not a main mm. character in this? Mm. Hook. Mm. Like, just to put that in, look, I fucking... Like, it just feels cold. Now, at this Mm. point in time, there's no explanation. Josh Woods is on here Mm. as well. Obviously, you've got Jeff Jarrett in there, Kip Sabian. Mm. 
mm. is on there. L- Lance Archer, who I only ever see in like New Japan now. Kylo mm. Riley's still there for crying out loud. Well, he's injured, isn't he? He there's is. There's a few names he- there you mentioned at the top, like Adam Cole as well. Yeah. yeah there's a few injuries there. But you, you mentioned Miro in, in here as well. I'm only up to the letter M. Obviously, <laughs> there are loads of other. Paul White. Like, why do they even bother signing him? Does he still do fucking... Who's got the cushier job? Him or Mark Henry? Like, Mark Henry says one line a week and gets paid, like, like 500 grand a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what? Yeah. Like, how's that, how's that a thing? Yeah. I know he said about him spotting talent, but that's like mm. hitching your way to the Jade Cargill wagon as, as much as anything else for that. Mm. But it, it, that's it. There's just people who don't need to be there. And it actually makes for a better television program if there isn't loads of people there. Because if you're trying to give everyone time, you're not giving anyone time. Yeah, you know they're not they're not special then at that point. Or and it's like, why MJF feel has always felt more like a special attraction, like as he referred on his overly long promo this week as well. But or you yeah, just get people that like Tony just randomly is all of a sudden like, okay, all my attention's going on Jungle Boy. All my attention's going on right now, Ethan Page. All my attention right now is going on Ricky Starks, who I can't really make sense of why he's in the Diamond Battle Royal as well as being number one contender, but whatever. He's doing fucking everything right now. All of a sudden, well, he's yeah. hot. In two months, it'll be a different set of characters, won't it? It'll be, there'll be somebody else. He really Dante Martin will be the apple of his eye again. Leo Rush might come back. You know, <laughs> you might really get behind Shane Taylor. Like you just don't know. And, do and, the, and, and this was all. This was all right back in the day, though, as well. When you'd end up with things like you'd maybe have like some tag champions, and he'd maybe he'd maybe cycle in Griff Garrison and Pillman as like the contenders of the month or something like that, and he'd almost like build them up, and then the do some promos or something with them and then they'd they'd win a few matches and then there'd be a bit of conflict and then they'd have their title shot and then they'd lose and da-da. and it was it was quite nice that you had that kind of like stability of your champions and then you'd kind of like wave in you know you used to wave in these people who were kind of like they're you know they've got some wins they're the focus now and then but they lose the title match and then the next challenger comes in and things that was kind of like logical and that mm. that worked and but these way these the, the way people get way <laughs> waved in and out now it just feels like like you say it's just like an attention like mm-hmm. just oh fuck like yeah let's just focus on him for him for a bit kind of thing and oh forget about those ones and it's like well what about all that stuff that oh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter does it kind of thing like let's just let's just focus on these guys because these are the the main uh, the, the main ones that we that we should be looking at and you know i you know i strip it back and you like you look at those ratings you talked about there about like wrestlenomics and you know looking at those being a bit more kind of conservative with them I'm looking at the second half of the year, and it's like fucking double-digit decline year on year. And you know, you're, this is like early stage of the you know you know the the, the business. Mm. And you know, you think, is it absolutely critical that you watch Dynamite live every Wednesday? Like, what what am I what am I missing if I don't watch it live? What am I missing if I just choose to watch it on my DVR on Friday or something like that? Nothing. There is no absolutely critical, compelling reason to be watching it live. And lo and behold, the numbers are, you know, going, you know, going down by double-digit percentages year year on year. You're looking at, you know, what's happened obviously to to Rampage, which is you know effectively an an, an afterthought. But and that is, by the way, about, to jump in that 1849 this week is the all-time low of Rampage, including preemptions, according to Brandon Thurston, point oh eight at 1849, three hundred sixty-one thousand. 
which you know again like you talk you know you talk about okay the next tv deal's the big one kind of thing you know you you're looking to you know you're looking to get as much money on board as uh, as possible well declining like that ain't going to do it and then you look at you know you look at the wrestleomics charts that they put together with the week to week numbers you know at one point we were like you know i can remember us being very excited about like oh it's you know it's catching raw it's going to pass it's going to surpass raw and you're looking at the, you're looking at that raw you were looking at that raw line going down and the dynamite one going up and you were like oh by this date they're going to pass them and all this you look at it now it's close you know it's closer to nxt than it is to to to, to raw or smackdown and and that's like that's telling kind of kind, and that's that's just true and it's a fact and it's 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 reflective of mm. of, of, of what what aw is right now mm. it's um you know and that's that's not um that's not slagging aw off that's just looking at numbers and mm-hmm. <laughs> reporting on actual fact yeah at that hot period where we were all, like a JP always said, we were all looking for that second million. Who often they get there? Will it be Punk? Will it be this? Or will they do, you know, like say, where, where's the, it's like, even if you disagree with all the individual things we've kind of pointed out that maybe don't suit our preferences in the way AW is being run. Like, you say, you can't argue with the cold numbers, can you? You can't argue with that. We're not in that. We're not in a world where we're dreaming of what, what might happen when they hit. You know, the catch roll, like you say, might get that second million. We're kind of, we're past that point, aren't we? Um, and it is, it's just like, that has a lot of problems. And it's like, it's the, you know, I thought, you know, I mentioned Carl Mann's post on our, our Patreon page mm-hmm. before, but I, I mean, to counterpoint, I thought there was uh, Osiris who put it in uh, Encounter in the, in, in, the, uh, in the comments that I thought was worth bringing up as Devil's Advocate because he was talking about, you know, this is just wrestling in general, you know, wrestling's always, you know, stop, start uh, booking um, as he puts and, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, if you pick up any week-to-week TV wrestling, most things pull apart. But I thought what was most compelling about what he said, he was saying, you know, in his opinion, wrestling doesn't really, you know, isn't capable of existing as like a an art form with perfect, you know, consistency, you know, has wrestling ever been a consistent and fully flowing thing? Maybe it's our personal nostalgias that are, you know, cover, you know, we all remember, you know, Hogan Savage in the 80s, but, you know, we don't remember all the other shit around it. We all remember, you know, like he points out the good points of, you know, peak ROH, but we're not talking about, you know, the stories that went nowhere or, you know, the feuds that didn't land. He brings up Cabana and Homicide as an example, or we're all thinking about Brian Danielson's matches and the individually good shows rather than, than, than the bad stuff. I mean, that is a common thing you'll hear from, you know, people on the other side who are kind of like, what do we actually want? You know, what AEW is, you know, given is a is a different product than WWE in most ways, some some ways Mm -hmm. not, but you know, the, the one thing that I think I, I, I see a lot from people who are more pro-AW is like, well, oh, you, you're just moaning. You're, you're looking for a, an ideal idealized version of wrestling that's never actually existed. You know, I'll see that criticism thrown at Wade Keller or a, or a Dave Mel, you know, Wade Keller just wants it to be like, you know, 80s, you know, territory wrestling from, from, from where he grew up or, you know, pe- people want it to be like, you know, this idealized version of, of wrestling that they had as the... I don't know. Do you think there's any truth to that, JP? To push back on like some of the uh, the points you, points you made, are we uh, are we imagining a, a product AEW could be that's never actually really been? Um, I think there's points it has been, mm-hmm. like where again it was less belts and more storyline focused, and at least there were directions that felt kind of consistent rather than number one contenders match title shot. Mm. I think there's a lot of stuff about how wrestling is produced as opposed to 
the wrestling storylines itself. Mm. Because I would argue like there are things about the kind of week to week challenge of doing all of this and juggling it. And this is a point that Carl raises is ridiculous that Tony Khan is still doing it at this stage. This should have been handed on. Mm. This should have been at the point where he's like, do you know what? I need to pass this on because, hey, I've got two other fucking full-time jobs in two bigger professions in terms of the NFL and the Premier League. Maybe I should concentrate on those rather than booking a week-to-week wrestling company. Like, that's that's a common-sense decision, really, that they should have been grooming someone for that to take over that that kind of role backstage. Mm. I just want common sense. Like, mm. maybe the production side of it will always be be there but I, I think part of the problem is it's always tried to be everything to everyone mm. rather than the kind of fixed identity so it's like trying to give you the big high-end matches but there's a limit to that mm. it you know trying to give you um sort of new and different characters but it's very kind of hit and miss and none of them are given enough time to really kind of bond with the audience mm. a lot of the acclaimed stuff is because in those weeks where they couldn't get people there, they were around a lot. So their mm. shtick was given that kind of bit of time to kind of work itself out. If they were breaking through now, like they'd get a run, but it'd basically be bear country, wouldn't mm. they? There'd be something along <laughs> those lines. And I don't think it's, it's not, they're not like shitting the bed or mm. anything else completely like that, but they're not reaching the potential of what they could have mm. because there are people in there who have, it's not just fucking workers. There are people who are, are, you think, okay, they're able in a lot of cases to cut really good promos like a Miro. And at mm. times you've thought if they ever kind of hitch the wagon to him, but if he's never going to be fit, then why have you got him under contract? Mm. Like there, are, and it, it's all very confusing. And you've mentioned it with, with his booking as well. I, I don't think the idea, like cause there was a certain percentage of the fan base that loves the elite doing this stuff can't get enough of them doing this business. And probably when Kota Ibushi leaves New Japan, they'll be overly excited and coming in. But all that storyline was bollocks when it happened in fucking New Japan. And, you know, if I'm thinking of of the kind of, like, period um, that this that AEW is going to end up kind of representing, it, it, it felt like it had, like, that focus for the first two years because that was the thing he got mapped out. And then we've gone beyond it, and there's a few injuries and a few kind of spokes in in the wheels, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it start the booking starts to become incredibly haphazard. I, and EC3 I wonder that did it best with his, uh, you know, Regal quote where he felt there was a maturity problem backstage, which I think anyone could fucking if that's really true. say that. If that's that a real comment, I don't know. EC3. No, not a great source. made that up. An absolute (laughs) bullshit. There's no way in hell he even had a conversation with Regal wouldn't even answer the phone. I don't even think that's what he said, to be honest. I think he's just been clickbaited. Um, Yeah. But, like, I was going to, to your point, though, I was going to say, like, Gareth, like, is this, like, is this, like, you know, progress back in the day? Like, we'd all be like, oh, progress used to tell stories so well. And it took a few years for us all, the wool to be taken, pulled from our eyes, and we all went, you know what? They told one story well. <laughs> it was Osprey and Havoc. Yeah. And we're giving them a fucking lot of credit for that going on. Was AEW just always like this and we didn't see it because we got, you know, we had the shiny new toy of this new different wrestling company. We had the shiny new toy of Punk to carry us through, you know, the, the last year or so. And then you pull that, you know, special thing away and it's, you know, back to this is just how Tony Khan books. Like, is there, is there any truth to that, do you think? 
I, I think that you know there definitely could be. I think you know if you take took a bit more of a you know critical view of it and you know almost like try to dissect the first two years and things like that, mm. you know I think definitely it benefited from that halo effect in the first year of um, this isn't WWE. Mm. These are some of like our favorite lads from New Japan or from the Indies and things who we're sort of we're seeing get this platform on a national TV level and things. And you had that kind of, mm. there's almost that kind of like collectivism championing kind of the fact that, yes, this is, you know, against all odds, this is, this has been achieved and we can see, you know, we can see these people, you know, wrestling on our TVs and we're all behind them. But I think in counterpoint to like to myself there, I, I, I think it was, I, I, I think it, it was, better there is more of what we're the the things that we're talking about wanting because there was just a smaller pool of talent in there they did build decent short stories in certain instances and yes there was things you know we you know, we'd known about cody Rhodes, and it was like just random the randomness and the misuse of cody and things like that at certain points and i still get to know, work that story's going to be paid off he's going to come back one day and it's not going to make sense <laughs> i'll be right in the end mate <laughs> I, I was there. I was a blind believer in that one for, fucking, uh, for, for, for a long time. Don't worry, time. I am too. Anything relating to Cody, I'm a blind believer these days. <laughs> but it's, uh, but I, 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 I don't think, like, the counterpoint that you mentioned there, like in the Patreon uh, chat about this this idea of, like, the rose-tinted rose glasses and things, I think we did experience, like, a better product, a better product than we're experiencing now, and a product that was a better product than the WWE product. Naturally, obviously, that we'd been mm. having to watch as your mainstream American wrestling wrestling products at, at that at that time. So, it the peak across you know various storylines and in ring and things like that was higher than it than, than it is right now. So, for me, there's no reason why that shouldn't be achievable now. Like, why why shouldn't you demand? better why shouldn't you demand excellence where you've you've had it before where you've seen these performers deliver it before where you've seen the people running the the show deliver it a bit more when things did have a bit more thought things were a bit more long plan long-term planned and you will have people who say like you know sit back and kind of you know let things play out and you know i look at the product now as it stands today and it does feel like there has been an element of a sort of almost like a slow reset button i think post sort of you know the punk situation and things have had to kind of like regroup for a couple of weeks to put out some you know decent enough episodes of, of, of tv you know obviously now with mgf with the belts and you've got like a, a direction coming there it does look like they're you know putting some time into um certain like other characters so there is that kind of little bit of almost like suck it and see kind of thing that's going to need to happen for a for a for a couple of months you know I, I, i'm trying to kind of keep an open mind and think to it of going saying okay well if they have got a good plan here in terms of mgf for the next you know three to six months if they have got like an idea of where they're going with like hangman and moxley and you know brian danielson and then they've got things going in there obviously with the the elite and there is a definitive plan beyond this best of seven and things there are seeds there of things which could be turned in the right way and the whole you know the product as a whole could could improve but the evidence of the last six months mm. suggests the alternative and you can only go with what you've you know 
what you've what you've seen in front of you. What you've seen in front of you for the last six months is this fucking scattergun of throwing all sorts of shit against the wall and, you know, not necessarily even seeing what sticks. It's just throwing a bit more shit on top of shit in some instances just to have more shit kind of thing. And then, yeah. some, you know, you know, nobody wants more shit, you know, but what people want is like the quality that comes be- beneath that. And you can't have quality when the focus is on 40 people. The, f- the quality comes when the focus is on 10 people who you've got a definitive clear plan for and then you and then you you use the people around it as things to wave in and out as it's 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 done before Mm. you know i'm i'm optimistic you know i'm trying to be positive and think to myself well i'm i'm optimistic i'm prepared to give them a chance they've got heads in the the room who've you know proved they could do this 18 months ago or or whatever and 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 deliver on that if they have got that bit of focus i don't think there is there's almost like there's nobody left to sign is the kind of thing, you know, when you've got some, <laughs> no. hey, you know, Fox. You sign, like, <laughs> you know, when you, you, when you know. pull in names like that. When it's Shane Taylor, when it's AR Fox, there's, there's only so much that you can actually like now mix. You know, we, we said it at the time, we were worried when Punk came in, Danielson came in, Adam Page came in and suddenly you had the mix of people who were already on the, the top at that time. We talked about the fact that, well, hang about, they're trying to elevate MGF. They've got Wardlow that they're trying to ele- elevate there. They've got, and suddenly you were looking at it and thinking, hang about, we've got fucking 13, 14 people here that we're trying to squeeze in the hole for six people kind of thing. This well, is... you know, that, that, that just lands in a, a big mess. What we're probably going to find next year is that by nature – there's nobody at that top level who they can bring in. You know, there is some some people are going to try and put a rocket behind and they're going to fall off the cliff. There's some who they're going to put a rocket behind and they're going to be a bit more sticky and stay there kind of thing. So instead of trying to squeeze 14 into six or something, it might be like he's trying to squeeze nine into six or eight into six or something like that, which is a bit more palatable, a bit more manageable, and, you know, I- the chances of success are better. I just have no faith in Tony Khan as a man with restraint. He'll discover the lucha scene, or he'll discover like I don't know some <laughs> random Japan Japanese companies where he just wants to bring in all of their like. He'll find it's like you know we 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 wasted time on this podcast arguing about well bringing Kevin Owens that's one too many people or arguing about like Samoa Joe and it's like didn't didn't envision a where where Paige was gonna come in or like some of the names he's he's managed to pull out of his ass this year with uh would come in. So I'd never put it past Tony Khan, but I think that that's probably where my main issue comes with AEW because it's like, you know, I don't wanna shouldn't get lost in the conversation of a I still overall enjoy AEW as a product. I've got a lot of issues with it. Is there, are there things on every show where I go, well, I enjoy, I enjoy, at least enjoyed that. Like I say, Shane Strickland is a shining star of the company right now. I love anything he's doing right now. You know, I, I enjoy the acclaims. There's obviously matches every, because at the end of the day, it's like, I thought somebody make this analogy, you know, it's like, even if you think Tony Khan's a bad chef, the ingredients he's got, he's got a fucking, you know, the mm. best, he's got the best quality cuts of meat in the world. You know, that's forbidden door for one. You know, it's a, there's only like a, there's only so low it can possibly get. And that's not, forget this is a company that's delivered some of my favorite storylines in wrestling history mm. punk and mjf to an extent you know kenny and uh and hangman there's plenty of positive big picture stories you can you can kind of pull over time but yeah it does i think overall i think for me it boils down to a, a company with with a man in charge who's just got no restraint he wants more 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 he wants you know he, he wants to like i think you guys said wants to do everything wants to pull in every wrestler wants to have every belt wants to have you know have, have his cake and eat it too and i think you know a big part of the conversation getting into this week's tv is is surrounded 
ROH, because that's another thing, you know, as we talked about. It's like, I'm not even sure what it is at this point, ROH. Like, I, is it a, is it another company? In which case, fair enough, you know, you, you, it, the other company needs to have its own guys. It needs to have a Juice Robinson. It needs to have a Shane Taylor. Is it, and, and you'll often see AEW defenders, you know, bring this up. No, no, no. It's just, it's just AEW with a, you know, with different, you know, three letters on it. Never mind the fact that those, those three letters are a much uh, lesser than brands. You know, it's Chris Jericho, it's Daniel Garcia, it's all your existing mm. ROH guys, but, it's not, is it? It's got the same time. It's it's this weird, mushy thing that's that's adding, you know, to to, to these problems. It's more things that Tony Khan is stretched and, and having to do, and that has shown nothing more than like this, you know, this lineup for Final Battle. I saw the prices they're charging the Americans forty dollars for this thing. Like, unless yeah. they pu- and they might pull out their ass, you know. Oh, guess what? We're gonna do Danielson Kenta, or we're gonna do Danielson Shibata. I'm still, I'm still, I'm open minded to them doing something wacky and using that to, to build up this pay per view. But it's just, it's another thing <laughs> that Tony Khan's got to kind of manage, and I think that's the biggest problem, you know, with ROH. And we're all, again, we're all expected to care, and all expected to invest, and all expected to accept that TV time is being used to sell this, what, 40,000 buy pay-per-view that, that they're going to be doing mm. you know, this weekend. It's just yeah, and I'm sure this week's Dynamite is going to have the hard sell for that, because from a business point of view, it probably should. This week's Rampage is probably going to be the same, because from a business point of view, it probably should, but it does feel like it's just adding to that list of, you know, little issues that maybe we've all got at this point with AEW. Yeah, I mean, you've kind of hit that. What is Ring of Honor? Because the people who buy these Ring of Honor pay-per-views, my feeling is, is they're the hardcore of the hardcore AEW fans who buy all the pay-per-views. Mm. Basically, like kind of a quarter of the people who'll buy, a, you know, of the 150,000 or so who end up with an AEW pay-per-view mm. will end up buying this. And it fills that gap. But you look at this card, none of it feels like Ring of Honor, whatever that is at this point in time. Because, you know, it's the ridiculousness of Samoa Joe defending the Ring of Honor World Television Championship when it doesn't have a television product of its own. And I've mentioned against that Juice be- Robinson. Which I, I wouldn't watch Robin's- that match. It was in my back garden. And I wouldn't pay forty dollars no. for it. And I look Samoa Joe's are my top five wrestlers of all time. How could anyone possibly want to see that? I don't, I don't Especially when it's announced. Basically, it's announced after he's going to be wrestling Darby Allen, and there's a big mm. whole thing with Wardlow as well. Mm. Like it, 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 as Gareth mentioned earlier on, it, it's ridiculous. You know, mm. Athena versus Mercedes Martinez has just been really plucked out of thin air. They've changed their character. Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Utah. We had this at the last Ring of Honor pay per view. Like. And there's much less heat this time round because neither have really been a well Garcia in particular have not been featured parts on AEW TV and is that not second from the top that match? You know yeah. we've already seen Claudio versus Chris Jericho, mm. the Shane Taylor tag with you know JD Griffey again whoever he is <laughs> against Swerve in our glory like yeah. these are the five matches announced and I don't like where are the Briscoes? Mm. You've signed them to a deal. Where are they? Hmm. Like, I thought there was going to, you know, FTR I think there'll versus be a tag the original. I there think will be, be but I think it's going to be them versus the Kingdom. Yeah, again, where are they? We'll probably get Dalton Castle on there in a, a, a trios titles. Hmm. Again, I mentioned about seven titles in Ring of Honor, which isn't a television company, and they're kind of going, "Why can't they sell it?" And it's like, "Well, here's a mad idea: you rent out these 
um, Universal Studio places where they tape AEW Dark. Mm. One film something called Ring of Honor and call it like a proof of concept and put it out there and see what works. Just Ring of Honor stuff on there. And at least to get an idea of what the fuck this is meant to be. And then you might be able to refer to it mm. on TV or bits of it. But instead what you've got is two promotions fighting over three hours of television time. And there's not enough prom- there's not enough television time for the one main promotion that there is, let alone a second one coming into the mix. Mm. But it's it, they'll look at it and think they make money. But what they I think they've sold about just under two thousand tickets for this. So it's not exactly hot, is it? Mm. How much are the wrestlers who are going to be on the show? How much is Claudio on and Jericho? And you work it out on like a nightly basis of like how much are you paying them for them to be there for it? Mm. It's it's very weird. There's no defined identity, which has been a problem with Ring of Honor really since the Sinclair years. It's a much bigger issue with them than that. But mm. the only thing I think they've done right is some of the merch has looked nice and the logo. Mm. But clothing probably would have been cheaper, wouldn't it? About. Yeah. <laughs> would have been a lot cheaper. Make DVDs out. Remember we were talking about that? Oh, you can have Punk talking through his well. Good luck on that well. one. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's just already yeah. recorded. Well, Brian Danielson there, you could start releasing some really interesting content. Nah, bother with that. We'll just have mm-hmm. him, you know, have him just fucking cowering at the feet in some weird storylines that are going on with him and mm-hmm. he'll be off soon enough. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get like absolutely like hung on, hung up on like fucking like, the bloody ROH women's title or whatever, but like you look there and like Mercedes Martinez, like she had a match at Death Before Dishonor. Since then, she's had one match on Dark Elevation since then, and mm-hmm. that, and that's it. And and if that's not the epitome of like, like where would you have put her on AWTV in that time to sort of like? I mean, I'm glad you did and, and get yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, give give that to give that title belt any kind of credence or give her any kind of like meaning going into this this, this pay per view. There isn't the space for that to have even been squeezed in. So, mm. so why is it even a thing? Why mm. like why is it? It's you know, this person who hasn't wrestled on TV in any way, shape, or form for five months is now in a world title match that you're supposed to care enough to want to pay money to watch. Like, mm. like why? <laughs> like, it's just, there is just no reason for it. There's no reason for that title to exist. There's no reason for, you know, for the, for the, for this match to be happening. Like it's so, so why invest? Why be bothered kind of thing? Mm. Yeah. But it's, it's almost like a case in point when you look at that. No, it is. It is. Cause that's the thing. It's like, there is no, good way to do it really is that like there is no you know that ball that like I'll, I'll give not that's not credit but like i've got some sympathy for the fact that you know tony khan is in this position and having to try and sell this pay-per-view you know and use your know, precious tv time to do it but like, at the end of the day he put himself in this position because he didn't have the, you know, the restraint to not buy roh to not do this to not you know make it an active part of aw to not wait to see if there was a you know a tv deal that is i think that that could if that happens and they, they even if they just end up on youtube i think 
things will be cleaner, you know, this time next year. It might even be a positive. You know, we said that at the time. If ROH was this place to send off, you know, people like rather than putting Sammy Guevara in a pay, in a you know prominent pay per view match, you know, uh, on the last AEW pay per view, they could have sent him to ROH, you know, while he's ice cold to maybe warm up a little bit and maybe get a little bit of a run going. If that separate thing existed, that's the benefit of it. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get that in the uh, in the coming year if they figure out what the fuck they're doing with ROH in uh, in twenty twenty three, but. You know, we'll get to that point. We'll talk a bit more about the uh, the pay per view um, as we go. But we should talk this week's uh, Dynamite on Rampage as we have forced uh, Garrett to uh, to watch him. So uh, you know, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get going with the you know the review of the the actual shows themselves. But yeah, I think you know that, again this week's this last week's Dynamite. As I said when I did the daily update, that there was definitely definitely bits of it I I enjoyed. Definitely parts of it I enjoyed. It was a, it was a, maybe a, a world record as far as me uh, maybe not wanting to stick to the end um, and actually going to bed for once rather than uh, staying up till till silly o'clock in the morning, which might tell you uh, something um, about That's this fucking show. brave, mate. <laughs> I think it uh, I think it started you know uh, well enough. You know we kicked off with uh, with MJF. Uh, we had uh, ha- so so we kicked off with Moxley. Sorry, uh, ended up with uh, with Hangman Page uh, coming out. Um, remember him? Um, I did joke to it uh, to JP Garrett that, that I kind of. Like you know, I'm not, I'm not. It, it's I'm not one of those people who's going to scream for a video package to explain to me what happened to Hangman Page. But in that split second, I did have that momentary lapse of, oh, where's Hangman Page been? And it took until he started brawling for me to go, oh yeah, the concussion. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten. I just assumed he was on one of his many, you know, six week stints where he just doesn't appear on Dynamite except for in backstage segments with the uh, with the Dark Order. But uh, quickly, uh, quickly remembered that. Um, good little brawl. Uh, what did you did you make of this character as a way to maybe pivot Moxley um, away from uh, from from from, uh, from the world title picture and into a feud with uh, with Hangman Page? Did it uh, did it work for you? Uh, little slip off the stage as well um, for Moxley. Don't know what's uh, with up with him at the minute. That gave me a laugh at the uh, the very least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it was a good start. Like I thought, it was it was one there where I'm talking about like seeds of something which feel like that they could go somewhere and like be. You know, really good stuff in the in the coming months, and you know, kind of something to get excited about. This definitely felt like you know one. I felt like when when Hangman came out, the crowd definitely um, you, you know were were pleased to see him. I think when they were face to face in in the ring, it was just it was a good interaction, and like the you know the brawl was decent as well. It definitely felt like it was something that had a bit of you know a bit of substance about it. Really, I think it was it was it was it was one of those that you were that you were looking at it and you're thinking. Yeah, I'm. You know, I want to see these. You know, see what these can do with each other for the next few weeks, really, and um, and, and come through it there. I was definitely the same as you, Benno, where I was a bit like, oh, what's the beef here between these two? Like, I'd definitely forgotten mm-hmm. about forgotten uh, forgotten about uh, that. But again, like you know, like you say, you sort of. Mm. I think it's probably a prompt in the commentary or something was said on yeah. oh no, I think Mox said something like you don't want the same to happen as last time, and then that kind of like you know prompted me to prompted me to remember, but. Yeah, good, good, good start to the show. Like, definitely one that kind of you know got you got, got you going and got got you into it. What do you think of uh, Hamman Page being mad that he uh, he got injured in a professional wrestling match? Uh, JP, good enough uh, motivation for him uh, to uh, to go wild and brawl with <laughs> Moxley. Yeah. It, it felt like he was very much a plot device in order to get Moxley kind of mm. away from MJF, which of is which fine. He, you have to do that, don't you? Which is fine for that, and at least they might, God forbid tell a story as mm. I've been telling me complain about that doesn't 
directly involved the title between them. And it is kind of fresh because obviously the last match kind of ended the way that it did. Mm. Um, and it's fine, but I don't know. Again, it, you know, then they're, they're going to do this match on TV again soon enough. Mm. And it feels like this is something that should be left to simmer for quite mm. for quite a while. Whether or not, but Tony Khan doesn't have the kind of um, resist. He can't resist the impulse to do this before getting to like kind of revolution, which would be a, a perfect semi-main. Mm. Yeah, it's a perfect semi-main for that kind of stuff if they did that. But you know, I think he's there very much for that. And you know, I, I didn't expect it. The crowd reacted, but I didn't really feel much kind of more than that it, it's you know i thought oh, okay that's cool he's back but i yeah. said it on the weekend show, i'd completely forgotten that moxley had injured him and it's one of those so things, much other stuff fucking happening it's like i think that's more you know i don't even think i'd criticize them for that side of it although i will say you know i did think at the time you know the week after we never got an update on him you know for anyone wondering what happened to yeah. him you never got that on tv and it, you know you know they could have played it played it up couldn't he if there was the time in the and tony can't have the brain space to sit down and think about these things because he hasn't got to you know sort out forms transfers and sort out the jags and sort out the roh pay-per-view coming up they might have gone oh yeah we should maybe have that you know have, have a bit of a you know update on hangman rather than just disappearing you know off tv again which is you know the fourth or fifth time that's happened this year but all in all no i think it, uh, it kind of works as a as a way to uh, to split him off but yeah we went from there to uh, brian danielson and, and dax harwood um speaking of uh i don't know i think i feel like dax harwood asked for the match on twitter and tony Collins like yeah that sounds like a laugh let's do the match um and they went out there and they had a, a pretty good match uh, I, I think people maybe overrated this one as like you know i don't think i go higher than like three and a half stars on it it was just a, a nice little tv match um you know i for me personally you know if danielson i guess he is going to be moving up and to being involved in the uh in the title scene at this point but that was my argument if he wasn't going to be doing that rather than being lost in the jericho verse i would have taken him having you know these little exhibition matches with uh with different members of the roster up and down so i'm not going to complain when they give it to me i'm not going to play when it's a when it's a a solid little match but you know not, not hugely notable just a a nice little uh exhibition match to uh, to kick off the show i thought uh gareth yeah, again, I, I, it was. I've, I've put it in on the app as like three and a half stars. You know, it's averaging out on the app at like three point eight five. So you know, so slightly above me. But again, it's one of those where it's just you know you just got a. It's it's just good to see Brian Danielson going out there and just having a bit of freedom to just you know work a uh, you know work this kind of match on your on your TV and where you talk about kind of just like things that you can just kind of like sit and sit back and enjoy in a bubble almost it's mm. it's it's one of those yeah it's not groundbreaking nothing you know it's not <laughs> threatening any match of the year lists or or anything like that but just as a you know almost a you know get, give two guys quarter of an hour of tv time to just go out and just tell a little story in the ring and mm. you know two people as good as these two you know go and do it have a bit and, and having a bit of fun out there it's 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 going to be enjoyable is it going anywhere mm. no does it matter no not not really you know not really at the end of the day and i think there where we talk about almost like reflecting back on like early aw and things these were the kind of things that we that we wanted that you sort of felt like you weren't getting on WWE it's almost like to me is if this match had happened you know in the first six months of Dynamite or something we'd probably be raving about it a bit more kind mm -hmm. of thing because you'd been so you hadn't been conditioned to having 
good proper wrestling matches on 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 TV as much as we have had in the in, in the AW era. So it sort of feels a little bit kind of like a lost from from that from that perspective. Yeah. But um, but again, it's just another one. It's you know, almost just another one for Dax Howard to just chalk up on his. Uh, his own personal um, dream match list that he's been trying to uh, put together and uh, do this year, really, isn't it? And um, but yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good match. I mean, a good match. But I, I think the issue is here. It's, it's not necessarily the match itself, which is perfectly fine, and you should have these matches on the television show like this. And it is the strength of AEW that they will have <coughs> some interesting matches and combinations. It's how hot they are coming into it, because mm. if it's Dax Harwood coming off like being really hot in FTR and Danielson being around the main event scene, then this is like an entirely different kettle of fish. But we're not really getting that, I don't feel. Like this isn't like a hotter version of it and because we've seen kind of Danielson do it. But it's what they have to do for the TV. Uh, yeah, three and a half. Mm. I thought it was good. I enjoyed watching it. It's not like I don't enjoy watching these matches. It's just you do sort of think... Is not better use for FTR. They were massively fucking hot, like mm. you know, not that long ago. It's hundred percent it, true, but they, that that quote sticks with me. One of them said on Twitter, "I know the gobshites on Twitter." Don't get me wrong, but one something like it's easy to get mo. It's hard to get momentum, easy to lose it. It's hundred yeah. percent true. Like that, that should be like somebody should put that on like Tony Khan's wall. You know what I mean? It should be like a motivational message there, <laughs> like because that is absolutely the uh, the case. It's one of them. How can you have no momentum when you've got like half the? Uh, the tag belts in the entire wrestling world. Well, FTR are uh, a great case study uh, for that. But uh, we'll see when we get to Rampage. We'll see uh, where that goes uh, with them and uh, and the acclaims. But yeah, from there we had um, uh, quicker he starts promo uh, backstage. More on him later. Hamman Page and uh, and John Moxley still fighting in the parking lot. Enjoyed that. Felt very nitro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big fan of uh, stuff like that. Less of a fan of the uh, the sit down interview with the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society and what is apparently still the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I don't know. They got the. I saw somebody say they have to bring in like Nigel McGuinness. Maybe that. Maybe he's the big surprise for final battle, and he can pretend he's from Blackpool, and we can just uh, we can just carry on, and exp- that'll explain why they're still uh, getting rid of the merch and uh, and Wheelie is still sat there wearing uh, wearing something that says Blackpool on it. Um, weird segment. This felt. If you if you want to talk, people, you know, the booking of AW being haphazard. You know, things kind of getting forgotten, that type of thing. The one place you can say that doesn't happen is Chris Jericho's feuds. You know he was on a phone from fucking the Fozzy Tour in New Zealand or wherever the fuck he is, being like, okay, so what what are we doing with my story this week while I'm not there? So basically everyone involved is doing a sit-down backstage interview to build up his feud. Um and it wasn't very good at that. It was a bit, uh, yeah, the uh, some uh, amateur hour actor I thought in, uh, in this thing, and didn't exactly uh, pique my interest in uh, in Claudio against Jericho or the the tag match they're building for this week's Dynamite. No, not at all. In fact, until you've just mentioned it, I'd completely forgotten it had taken place, and I'd seen <laughs> this, which <laughs> kind of tells me, like, kind of, I see these sit down interviews, I see Garcia, and I think you were hotter. Mm. Like a about a month, month and a half, two months ago, even. Mm. And again, he, he feels very background because I don't know if there, there wasn't an explanation about why he was replaced by mm. Sammy Guevara. No, it just appeared to happen because is that what Jericho wanted? Yeah, nice, and he's got the power. Nice reward for Sammy and his fantastic uh, behavior and uh, buzz around the net because yeah. he's effectively an yeah. EVP, but rather like the other EVPs. 
doesn't seem to give an overall like what's best for the company. Mm. I think maybe if the yeah, this trios thing is just fucking bollocks. We get rid. Gareth goes, <laughs> I think I need to put over some young lads. I'm getting on a bit, aren't I? Well, who am I going to do that for? Is there any of that thinking? No, none. Mm. You put you he's putting over these kids by just letting them work with them. That's uh, that's the veteran uh, trick he's uh, he's pulling there. But unless you had the hot takes on that, Gareth, they are Fox and uh, Samoa Joe up next. Uh, yeah, or the corpse of Samoa Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <AR> Fox tried. <laughs> I just oh, it's so sad watching Joe wrestle these days. I just oh, I've got to be careful what I wish for because I think I wish this into existence. And mm. yeah, I mean this was a this was a th- throwaway eight minute match. But I don't know. Um, Joe is the uh, the king of television. I'm building up this uh, this Wardlow feud with uh, Wardlow uh, appearing on uh, on screen afterwards as well. Just bizarre decision for Joe to have both these belts. It just feels like faith in a guy based on past rep rather than what he's actually been delivering in AW so far. I don't know if that's uh, that's harsh, Gareth. Nah, not at all. And like, he feels like he's you know, he's, he's almost he almost feels like he's like one of the top three focuses of the business right now. Like mm-hmm. saying there, you know. Previously, obviously, with the the you know the stuff going into the ROH pay per view, and then obviously the stuff with like the Darby Allen match that's to come as well. It's obviously like the the, the Wardlow. It feels like they're really kind of like there's a lot of a lot of focus there within it, and yeah, it's probably not where uh, Joe's uh, Joe, Joe should be uh, in, in in positioned at this time. It's 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 one. Of, it's one of those. This is a to me. This is like a classic example of everything that we talked about for the for the previous hour. It's just like we've got Joe in now. He's got two belts. We signed AR Fox two weeks ago. He's in a match with him. It's just an eight minute thing. He's oh sorry, six minute thing. He's lost in six minutes. Kind of. It's leading to something with Wardlow, but also later on in the show we're announcing another match that he's got against somebody else, and then on Rampage we're announcing a match that he's got against somebody else as well. Again, kind of thing. It's just a fucking convoluted kind of mix of a uh, mix of stuff there and mm. meanwhile in the background you look at it and you go wardlow this hot yeah. shit person that you had on your hands where's is, is is this guy better off than he was you know the day he won the belt <laughs> fucking absolutely not you know and, and the day he won the belt he looked like can't miss money you know he looked like new goldberg on your hands and, you know now he just looks like a guy who's mm. just <laughs> Involved in a mid 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 uh, card program that I don't know. He just seems to be that the, the the star is waning. And I mean, again, he's almost the prime example of that quote that you just referenced there previously regarding FTR. I know about the the momentum. You know, like hard to build, easy to lose. Again, look that up in the encyclopedia, and you've got Wardlow's face right next to that for me right now. Definitely, yeah. They're trying to heat him up, aren't they? But yeah, will we get back to that point? He's he's in the same category as Hulk. It was just he was Tony Khan's pet project, and the day he wasn't was the day he kind of drifted and got forgotten and swapped out for uh, another cool toy. That's just the uh, the story of uh, of AEW. Uh, we had a nice little video of uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> going like wandering around the streets, going into some kind of shop and stuff. So I had to rebuild Powerhouse Hobbs. I like that. Bit of focus on it. On our powerhouse, we got a uh, uh, Taz and uh, Hook Taz video breaking down our hook beats. Uh, Lee Moriarty. Um, I like that. I want to. I want to see more of that. Want to see more of a uh, hook on the uh, on the TV for sure. Um, 
Any thoughts on anything? I want to see more. I want to see more Lee Moriarty. I'm mm. pretty sure he was on TV about a month ago, going after that ROH Pure title, and that seems to have just been forgotten about completely. Yeah. Like mm. I, don't, I don't know where, don't know where that went. But I'm a bit. I'm a Moriarty guy, so I was a bit. I was thinking, great, he's getting a bit of a push behind him here, but that all seems to have uh, derailed and fallen into the background. Well, you might you might like him for this or not like him, but uh, the next segments, the uh, the Regal and MJF segment, apparently going to Brian Pillman Jr. Lee Moriarty was one of the uh, the AW wrestler who'd be uh, in the ring before shows, training with Regal, trying to learn everything he could, trying to learn how to have a, a ten minute match on a WCW Saturday night in front of pure silence with a, a nice little DQ finish. Fingers crossed, he can uh, he can reach those heights. Um, I'll leave that argument. Uh, up next, <laughs> speaking of which, like I say, we had uh, William Regal. Uh, out there with MJF, this was the uh, the big story um, coming out of the show, and obviously has been the uh, the big story of the uh, of the week. It has been confirmed both by PW Insider and I think Fightful had uh, had some on it that our Eagle is in fact headed back to WWE. I said this on the weekend show, Gareth. If people didn't think this was coming. I, I can't believe there was even a debate until today that Regal was. Oh, oh, maybe he's not going back to WWE. Like they had MJF, <laughs> he had them turn and join MJF. So bins off the entire Blackpool Combat Club. Then MJF beats the shit out of him in this segment. If you watched if you watched these two segments and thought, oh we'll be back on TV next week. Like I've got a bill of goods to sell you. Like even mm. you know as much as we could be critical of Tony Khan's booking. <laughs> like it was written in flashing lights. This man is headed back to WWE. Um I mean we can get into what we think of of that um as a as an overall and the fact that that's kind of happening you know different split reporting on whether it's due to a, a contractual uh thing that regal's got where he's allowed he can get himself uh, out of his contract he had the release cause or whether it's just a, a bit of a gentleman's agreement with uh with tony khan where maybe he had a longer contract and he's allowed him to go back to uh, to nxt to to train his son or to get his day job back or or whatever it is he's gone this angle was obvious as anything that this was the uh, the writing off of him. Um, you know, the character at this point was just completely, completely useless. Couldn't have been a babyface. Couldn't have been a heel. But you know, transferred all the uh, the heat to, to to MJF. Uh, segment went a, a little bit longer for my liking, uh, but mm. um, all in all, I don't know, did it deliver on uh, on what it needs to do here, Gareth? As far as uh, giving. Uh, Giving this 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 heat to uh, to MJF and maybe reestablishing him as a as a heel in a promotion where he's kind of been there uh, blurring the lines for maybe a, a little bit too long. To some degree, and again, this is one where again I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, let's you know, let's let's see where this um, this goes from from that that perspective. You know, I still think like. You know, it was a decent effort, I think, to try and get the full heel heat back. But, you know, it, there was a lot of those anti-fan tropes that he's kind of like, you know, leaned on a little bit when people have laughed and cheered at them in previous weeks when he was leaning into the, you know, the baby uh, baby face side of things. You know, I think um, you heard like kind of at the end, like he was, you know, you know even after he'd like twied Regal from behind and mm-hmm. that, it was at the end of his promo. There was still like a bit of a big round of applause and cheers from like quite a decent section of the crowd and things like that, you know. And I, I just person, you know, I just personally think it's something that they've they should never have played with this because the MGF was the one person in the world of wrestling who was a true heel, yeah. who was booed. He didn't have that fan support. The you know 
when they did the whole thing on TV of like him saying about like Khan not giving him the contract or th- things like that, it made Khan the heel a bit there and put a babyface slant on things with MGF for, for people who you know value what he brings to the table and and I just think all of I think it's a it's a it's a it's a hard road back to being the level of heel that he he was prior to this and you know this gave you know some steps in in that direction but i just think a lot of the you know the easy stuff the crowd are poor the you know the you're ugly all that <laughs> side of things is that sufficient to kind of like you know mask over the top of that people are laughing at that people are finding mm. it funny and enjoying that kind of thing whereas they you know they didn't do that to the same degree previous previously so um I don't know. It remains to be seen. You know, it was a it was a decent enough effort. You know, I think for me, I enjoyed the segment as a whole. MGF always carries himself, you know, like a big star. He comes across like a, you know one of the main players in the organisation who the company should be built around. So again, to see him sort of like positioned like this, he did come across as being like probably the biggest star on the show for for, for me over the course of the, the the two hours, and I think that's uh, that's important. You know, by giving him the level of time that they did, they made him feel kind of a bit more a bit more important as as well. And there, like I say, where you're looking at the steps into 2023, and you're thinking, okay, well, what are they going to build around here that's good? I think if they can continue to do some good stuff with MGF. You know, whether if it's with Danielson, whether if it's something with you mentioned Eddie Kingston as well, obviously in his promo there as well. If there's some things like that that they've got down the line, you can see a lot of a uh, positivity there. But for me, I'm just pleased to just see Regal gone, to be honest. Yeah. Because again, I think last time I was on the show, I said like I hated the idea of he's stood there talking for Brian Danielson and Moxley, who can both talk, and like he was putting them to the background. It felt like you push Danielson even further into the background than he maybe has in some instances. So again, I'm I'm pleased that he's gone from, from that perspective. I don't know what he's added really, to be honest. Like I think it's one of these, if you probably go back and you looked at things in retrospect and you say, okay, let's have it. Let's, let's look at the regal run and really what's he, what's he brought to the table. That's really added on what was there before he came. Mm. I don't think it's anything, to be honest, other than a few little kind of quips to Excalibur that people got a little laugh out, you know, for two seconds once a week or something like that, really. Yeah. I, I, I think he's better off out of the picture. I think everybody who was involved with him is better off with him being out of the picture as well. So, yeah, get yourself back to New York. We did get the the, the famous uh, two push up the arse promo, didn't we? Uh, fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. We got that, so you know, oh, fucking hell. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, my reputation precedes me of uh, being the anti regal guy, but like, I will, I will push back and say I never thought it was a negative sign as far as an on screen character goes. That's where his best work is, I think. You know, as an mm-hmm. authority figure. You know, mainly actually that as an authority figure has <laughs> been his, uh, his 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 best use in WWE. There's plenty of mileage there, but yeah, you know, I don't think it is a a real you know negative that he's that he's going to be gone. He's not going to be a great loss. I suppose that the negative might be that you know WWE have you know gained somebody who you know 
we could we could say about NXT, you know, NXT UK is not the only thing William Regal did when he was employed by WWE. You know, he was often peeking behind the curtain at PWG shows, and you know, was was you know prominent in hiring, changing that the hiring pattern of WWE to hiring you know mm. maybe guys that Vince McMahon ends up not liking, but guys that uh, Triple H ends up high on a lot of the indie darlings, a lot of people like that. He's been obviously instrumental in a lot of careers. Like that's almost it for me. It's almost like he's another one of those weird signings. It's like Jeff Jarrett, you know, t- talk about Tony Khan having no restraints. Jeff Jarrett's now just a run. He's not a special attraction. He's just in the tag division. Him and Jay Lethal are yeah. apparently the third most important tag team based on that rampage segment now. Like, and it's like Regal. It's like you know there was probably mileage in Regal having some. You know, instead of giving all the office jobs to thirty something year old pro wrestlers. I feel like Regal probably could have done something like that, you know, something equivalent to the day job he's running back to WWE to, to go and do now, you know. I feel like that was yeah. maybe uh, more the prime use for Regal and, you know, having this cool collection of, of toys that you could call a Blackpool Combat Club and throw on TV. Because, yeah, I don't think it is. It, it, it's less of a loss to AEW and more of a, a gain for WWE, probably, um, which is maybe, you know, uh, the negative coming out of this, JP. Another person who has the insight of how the company works, but it's basically like they've just sort of willingly accepted a spy in for a little bit and then just gone, right, you go back and tell them what what, what exactly goes on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you said it there. The best use of him is a backstage role. Mm-hmm. You would imagine, like, particularly with everything else that's gone on, that that kind of a strong-armed head of talent relations has been desperately needed. Because we've seen so many people do other things and you would have had him just concentrating on it and think, well, here's a guy who's done this kind of role before and he's someone who, you know, is going to end up being respected. But it's not on TV. Because if you think about his use on TV, and I've never been a fan of the Blackpool Combat Club, they brought him in effectively. He became a mouthpiece for Danielson, who doesn't need a fucking mouthpiece at all because he was talking perfectly fine when he was the hottest wrestler in the world. Mm. like a decade ago. Mm. So he was, I don't think he learned like, you know, he he didn't lose his tongue in that time. And John Moxley Mm. as part of like, one day we'll work out the combined salaries of everyone involved. I think he joked about this to, (laughs) in order to get Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Uter over on a massive level, because that's really all. Come on, we need the spreadsheet. (laughs) Him with Wheeler Uter would have been fine. Him with Moxley and Danielson mm. was kind of completely unnecessary. And then, like you say, it's, you know, and I did laugh at the the, the, the EC3 thing because I thought, you know, when he has been on TV, it's not like he's the prime, like, Mr. Serious, Mr. Sensible, Mr. Maturity when he's flirting with Excalibur and the rest of it. But it's, mm. <laughs> I don't think him going is necessarily a bad thing because there's also, while I could see you would want him to do that role, are they trying to move away from a management structure that's been in WWE? Is that not part of the appeal of an AEW? If they run exactly the same way mm. as WWE or trying to do exactly what they do Fair to the rest of themselves, they think, well, actually, am I going to just end up being pigeonholed by this old man mm. in some ways who maybe doesn't get what you know particular skills I might have and just decides that it's... You know, my footwork's all over the fucking shop, and that's <laughs> off about. There's the hard But it's it was one of when you realise it's one of the many signings they've made because they could make it. Yeah, me on Football Manager, basically. <laughs> that's it, and you know that not, not you know if the, if there's any truth to the idea, you know, younger wrestlers weren't listening to him. Um, you know, well, 
I could I could see that being the case, but I could also see a world where you know, fucking you know, watched um two point um whatever they're called now, Daddy Magic and what's his name, were on RJ City's thing the other week, and they were saying like, oh, Jim Ross took them aside and was like, you know, now that now that you're in the Jericho Appreciation Society and your TV stars knock the YouTube shit off, lads. You need to bin that YouTube because they had like this comedy YouTube show and it was like, there was ever an example of just an old man not understanding the world yeah. that we live in now. Like, AW's built on the fact that the elite made themselves YouTube stars. I feel like 2.0 would absolutely not be worse, worse off if they were still doing their YouTube show. If anything, they might have got more over like the Dark Order did, you know? It's like, you know, the uh, old man advice isn't always good advice, so there, there is that too. But yeah, it, do, it does feel like there's a, something of a missed opportunity there but again, I'm not going to be crying tears about uh, Regal winding up in WWE. I just wonder what the circumstances, whether Tony Khan's just been a put. You just don't want it to feel like TNA. You don't want it to feel like a holiday home for the boys. Mm. Like, you know, like Booker T, go for TNA for a bit because he'd failed the drug test in WWE, take the piss for a year and then go back home to Vince. You- like, it's got echoes of that a little bit, hasn't it? Uh, like, oh, well, you- my real job's opened up again now. So see you, kids. Uh, I'm back to a proper wrestling company. It's got a bit of that to it. <laughs> At the risk of sounding dangerously positive about AEW tonight, um, if is it not though a good sign at some point that at least with the television and it's a general point that there's a few <coughs> sort of more homegrown people and people who haven't been exposed to WWE that they're actually sort of going with, mm. which is normally something that we'd absolutely praise, but it's well, letting him go. Yeah. Are they like? Are they at the point where it's like we're going to cut loose on a whole series of these? I expect Andrade to be off, like mm. fucking contracts up. But then again, he's you know he's what former life. But he, exactly, you know. Oh wait, I think Roosh will be looking at doing a hold my beer situation with that. Like any minute, that's coming. <laughs> You're waiting for that. <laughs> I'd I'd almost for shits and giggles push in near the top, like see what happens then, like properly. <laughs> Proper dossing and like the top level, like, but you know, that's something like we mentioned the powerhouse Hobbs bit. Mm. Is there an element where, and admittedly, it's almost like it's, I'm saying it's too little, too late, but it's very much like, well, you haven't really thought about these guys for all of 2022 for the most part, and now you're going to start doing something with them. There's going to be a jolt in the effect, but maybe with Regal as a point, we just go, well, if he doesn't want to be here, let him go. And he'll just slot straight into the position it was. This was always one that when Vince was gone, you thought, hang on a minute, Triple H is in charge of creative. He will want him there. Hmm. He's someone who just his advice is completely valuable. It's just whether or not are his methods and everything else going to be 2022 wrestling? Um, but yeah, so, so going on from there, we had a couple of r- largely throwaway matches, I would say. Yeah. Ricky Starks uh, beat Ara Davari and Anna Jay beat Willow Nightingale. Two biggest things uh, coming out of it. Um, we uh, we gave out, uh, sorry, uh, Nightingale won uh, that one. Sorry, important uh, distinction there. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get the, uh, the return of Ruby Soho. Remember her? Remember when she was going to be the saviour of the uh, AEW women's division? And yeah, the uh, the Starks uh, match had a lot of, uh, had the big angle with uh, with Ethan Page. And Mahardi you still get uh, uh, TV time <laughs> leading into uh, into that one. Uh, any strong thoughts on uh, on either of these uh, these big developments, Gareth? I mean, I think across those things, there the only thing that just stood out for me was just the improvement in Willow Nightingale. Like, I think she's somebody who twelve months ago I used to think. God, she's sloppy and like <laughs> just like when you do, you watch her in ring. I just thought, God, she's 
like not got it at all. But the development in her, I think, in the last twelve months, she like she always had that kind of like natural charisma and that natural kind of crowd connection. Mm. I just think in ring, she just she just didn't have it kind of. Whereas it really feels like she's escalated massively in ring. I think she just she, she you know she just looks so much more smooth and confident in what she's doing and things. And as like a as a TV act and you know. I was, you know, seeing the crowd reactions to her again on this. You know, I, I was thinking she's she's almost got that kind of like Bailey in NXT side to her or something like that, where she's just got the crowd are just on her side for for whatever reason, and she, you know, you know, she she does have that like co- co- connection with them, and she's, you know, she when you see the way she engages with them and things like that, like I, I think she's a she's a like a little gem there, really. That if again if handled correctly with a massive fucking asterisk on it and like, you know, Khan just, you know, has a bit more of a long-term view with her as a bit, a bit of a sort of a homegrown talent and somebody that within the women's division, you can push somebody through the division and do something with. I think there's potentially like, if not money there, somebody who can be like a serious player within the division, somebody who's like a fresh face, who's bringing something, you know, different to the table and is is, is definitively an AEW wrestler there. You know, I, th- I, th- I think, again, she's, um, she's, she's, she's one that I'd certainly kind of be putting a bit more weight behind and not. Um, and then when you see her there against someone like an, an, an Anna Jay to me, who's had stacks of TV time. Mm it's like night and day to me like one looks like somebody who should be featured on a, a, a like a global weekly television mm-hmm. product and then the other just looks like someone who's just just another body who's on the on, on the program for for me so mm-hmm. i don't know that, that's my that was my thoughts over those two segments you know what i think of ricky starks we'll we'll see is that is that the um is that the rocket behind him for the commentary like putting him on rampage every week to try and get himself over with his uh his uh inclusions on commentary which he absolutely added zero to you know in that entire time where he, he, he was brought there he, he brought nothing to the table at all there he and now he's getting the big rocket behind him with the big main event push here with you know winning a tournament and now going in this battle royal and going towards mgf as, as well getting good tv time we'll see mm. uh, we'll see if i'm proven uh, proven right or, or, or proven wrong but i heavily suspect that mm. we'll be uh, seeing Ricky in a tag team in the mid card in twelve months time. Have you turned the, it's not related to this, but but have you turned the corner on Swerver or and I've been singing his praises overall, but like have you been enjoying him as uh so he was another Gareth Boo boy? Yeah, it's Swerve Swerve to me still is what he he always like would be to me is he's a guy who's an entertaining mid card act. You get people talk about Swerve like he's somebody who'd be going like right to the you know top of the card, and he's somebody who's like future main eventer and things like that. I'd be one of them people. I'd, 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 I'd doubt that massively personally. But is he somebody who you can sort of plug into that? You know. TNT title pitcher who you've got, you know, get a bit of value out of and, you know, get a good run, do well and things like that. Absolutely. Do I ever see him headline and, you know, pay-per-views and been like a guy that's, you know, serious, that people are going to be like paying money to watch at that level? Just just don't see a person. Interesting. I see that. That's how I see like Jungle Boy and people like that. It's like everyone says there's potential, but it's like, can you actually picture 
Jungle Boy main event in an AEW paper. Can you see that happening in the real world as much as it's like his character is guy with potential? Can you see that realized? Which, yeah, I'm obviously higher on Swerve. I kind of, and I think AEW's screaming out, especially with, like you say, you're absolutely right about MJF being the one guy left who got booed consistently. I almost feel like Swerve could fill that, not exactly that role, but like a legitimate heel, you know, that they could they could use at the top of the card, depending on uh, and where MJF is at that point. But yeah, I think he's got a better chance of changing your mind than Ricky Starks. Anyway, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll say that. I'll agree on that. <laughs> Did you not? And dare I say this? I laughed at the Matt Hardy bit. As stupid as it was, he came out and did the delete, delete, delete bits, and then just got <sighs> sent straight to the back. But. At the same time. (laughs) But why I'm amazed he's still there. I am stunned. And particularly Do you know what it made me do you know what it made me think? It made me think, fucking hell, they've still got Jeff to come back when I saw Matt. That was what that crossed my mind. I was like, fuck. Speaking of unnecessary (laughs) silence, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's why you were definitely right about Gareth. Um, That did not work out in any way. Uh, Positive. But they'll get another shot. It'll come. They're going to get the fucking belts. Oh, yeah. That was was a thing. Mm. Mm. That's the world we could be living in. Speaking of sliding doors, um, well, yeah, going from there. Um, obviously, we had the uh, the acclaimed uh, backstage uh, segment with Billy Gunn to set up the uh, the rampage stuff. Uh, they do uh, like to keep them in the mix, and then yeah, they had the main event of uh, Death Triangle versus uh, versus the Whoa. Elite. Oh. You're moving past Jade Cargill and Little Bow. Oh, I did skip that. Sorry. Yeah. I should have remembered well, that. Well, we all should have skipped it, including them. My brain's deleted it. Fucking, oh, that was. That is on. Like, as, as a massive Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift fan, I will say. But, and, 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 and as a rap fan, Bow Wow has not been a thing for at least 10 years. At least. Like, it is. And even then, he wasn't that big of a thing. Like somebody has convinced Tony Khan that that little Could Bow Wow, Lil Bow wow. That's Shad, appalling. that Shad Moss has got like some kind of star quality, or the fact that he, you know, he did manage to uh, to get in the latest Fast and Furious film as some kind of you know indication that he's this big star. Like this was, you know, you're right to pick up on it. Horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Down to the fact that couldn't even be bothered to be there. He just sent in a, a video clip from his phone that we were supposed to believe was him him live on the big screen like you know i've seen more convinced like that one of the least convincing attempts of that i've ever seen complete mess and the worst thing about it was jay Cargill okay she looked like a fucking million dollars like the, literally with like the the outfit and stuff came across as a massive star like i, I was listening to steph she did the, the the fireside chat on the on the torch this week like and i'm you know, speaking to her as well about like this and you know she was seeing this as potentially like sasha banks was going to come in like that and it might still happen that might be the payoff to bow wow that might be the answer to why bow wow was involved that he ends up bringing in sasha banks or something like that but no at the minute, it just looks like Jay Cargill, for whatever reason, is feuding with a D-list celebrity with no match at the end of it. <laughs> it's like, like what? They should, just, they should honestly just forget this happened and, and move on and never go, never reference it again. Mm. Like, what was this doing on the show? This is where AEW, this is where you need to think of the, where's the money in this angle? Yeah. Like, so much of the show, really. You can just go, where's the money in this ultimately? Then why are we doing it? Mm. Rather like you know, you know the idea of the the elite 
playing up to the stuff that happened in Chicago and anything else. If it's not going to actually lead to a match, and it is ultimately kind of pointless. But this is <coughs> this is like TNA style telly mm-hmm. at this point, and it garnered no crowd reaction at all. Mm-hmm. And what an awful way if you get managed to get Sasha Banks that you would bring her in for this, like. But it all suggests to me like the crowd want to like Jade Cargill. We had this dynamic with Britt Baker a while ago, but they don't give her reasons. Like, but for some reason, it's like no, they're absolutely and a company which t- does turn people a lot. Like, but they're absolutely hesitant to go with where the kind of crowd are directing them. Like, they're directing them in a certain direction with Britt Baker, and I think they, they lost a lot of that mm. by kind of just insisting that she was a heel. And I think that they were they're kind of in danger again of doing it with Jade Cargill because if this leads to Bow Wow managing Kira Hogan against fucking Jade Cargill, mm. then we're talking masterpiece style shit. And let's just hope that he's not being paid a big fat wedge. Cause at least masterpiece walked away with that and just went, yeah, he's on that level. Masterpiece no. got a Louis through episode. Bow Wow's not getting a Louis through episode. <laughs> like, let's just say that. <laughs> Great episode, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, well, Pistol Pez Watley got a Louis through episode. <laughs> <laughs> I never even considered, Benno, for a second that the payoff to this might be Sasha Banks. If the payoff to this is Sasha Banks, it was worth it. <laughs> but the payoff to this isn't going to be Sasha Banks, so forget about it. Yeah. Fucking hell. And like JP said, there's better ways to get to that if that's the case. I don't. It's probably not, but, you know, um, yeah. Awful. Um, Why would he lead to her? Is he, like, mates with her or something? Is that basically where we're at? I think that's where I've read it, yeah. Um, I've seen a bit of uh, talk about it. Get fucking Snoop in, Ned. He was there before. He's a fucking... Well, this is the thing. I think maybe the... Because Bow Wow's related to Snoop as well, so there's some kind of familial relationship there somewhere. There's some kind of family tree. (laughs) Someone else can work that out. Um, Bring them both in. But bring in Snoop. Like, that's what I'm basically saying. If you're going to do this kind of, like, stuff like that, and just make sure you just don't have the... You don't need the beep gun at the ready. Because mm-hmm. I've been watching a story about the, the LA Lakers where he's in, and he can't help but swear during <laughs> that. And that's, all he's doing is talking about Kobe Bryant for a bit. He's fucking calm down, mate. <laughs> it's a great man. Caned yeah. off his fucking tits as well, as usual. <laughs> oh, maybe that will be a full stable, bring in all the, uh, the new death row, corrupt dog pound, all of them. Maybe that's the uh, the way it's going. Uh, but yeah, from there uh, into our uh, our main event, elite death triangle. Uh, yeah, where's your where's your interest level at this at uh, match four, Gareth? Like I was going in quite positive, kind of. I like the idea of you know maybe uh, four. You don't get many rematches in AW being you know two teams being teamed against each other, being forced to come up with new matches, come up with new little stories they can tell. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think it's necessarily burning anything that's massively important either because I think Death Triangle, the story, this is probably going to be the Death Triangle end up splitting up at the end of this. So, you know, you won't be able to do this uh, this match again. But we are now getting it in practice. Um, I said to JP on the weekend, she'll be interesting. I'm not basing this week's rating on it. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go that far, but I'd be interested to see how this does as a, a draw and match by the time we get to match mm. seven. You know, what are those quarter hours uh, looking at and what can we, uh, what can we learn from that as you're, uh, are they holding your interest so far with this, uh, with this match four and uh, the books and uh, Kenny going over and, uh, and pull a one back and, you know, no hammer involved in the in the finish this time. You got that little story uh, going on in the background as well. What's your interest level in uh, in all this stuff? 
to be honest, like I was, I, I really, I really, really enjoyed this match. And you think, like, it was one of those when they announced that it was like going to be the best of seven. I was just like, oh, really? Kind of thing. Do we need to see this seven times? We've seen various combinations of the fucking books and Phoenix and Pentagon how many times before, like in in AW as well. So it just felt like something that was like that that was that was tired to that that point, but. I really, really enjoyed this match. I loved it with the just the jump start and the brawl at the start, and it just seemed like this fucking chaos that was going. It was just a bit like it just felt a bit different. It, the the, the I, I don't know. It just like it just felt to just have have a bit more about it than the than the, the last one for me. And um, I think um, it was it was something that I was like probably it was like oh fucking hell this again kind of thing, and then just the got me kind of thing with the with the jump start it kind of like got me invested in it like immediately which i think it needed to do which again i think you've probably got to put a bit of faith in the six guys in the match that they do know what they're fucking doing and they do understand that if we put it on seven matches they do have to have like an element of difference in them and there's you know we can't just come out and just churn the same shit out every single time there's got to be like a different angle on stuff so you know i think you know i don't know see if i still feel the same in week seven kind of thing when we when we get there but again just to say here you go here's you know sit down for 20 minutes and just like watch a match on you know tv and you know was it a fucking lot of fun yeah it was a lot of fun can't yeah yeah you know at the end of the day 100 mile an hour fast-paced stuff loads of just like you know mad stuff you know mad stuff going on you know little seeds again that they continue to sow there with the phoenix and penta stuff around the the, the hammer just some like nice spots with that triple moon salt and you know that um avalanche falcon's arrow um and um by by pack on kenny for the for the near fall and things it was just some just some real like good high spots in the in in, in the match there that didn't feel tired didn't feel labored at, at this point so um yeah I'm, I'm with it for now but um again give me ask me again in Ask me again on the uh, Christmas show or something like that, and <laughs> I may have lost a bit, lot, a bit of enthusiasm. But it, you know, again, I think to me it feels like it's one of those where you kind of you take a step back and you go, okay, well, this is a plot device there that's going to potentially lead to something a bit more interesting for the three Death Triangle lads going into next next year. Ultimately, I think it's just something that just gives. You know, at the end of the day, Kenny's hardly worked as he kind of thing. So it's just a way of kind of like easing him back into stuff rather than him necessarily feel like he's been flung into the main main event picture again immediately or something like that. So it's something to, to, to keep him busy. You know, a lot of the fan base been built around the elite and, you know, putting on these kind of matches. You said yourself at the at the last pay-per-view, you know, the, you know, the level of response that they got in the crowd, their popularity there and things like that, you oh, know, especially. you know, you, you, you know, you can't underestimate the, 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 the role they, you know, obviously that they, they've had in a massive proportion of this, the, this, this fan base There's going to be a lot of people who will be invested in it as well, as, as well. So, you know, all in all, enjoyable and inoffensive and kind of just feels like, why not really give I'd, I'd, you know you know I, I think it's probably going to be beneficial longer term on on the back of whatever comes out of this i i don't know i'm i'm still not into it it's best <laughs> of seven i don't want to see this match they were feuding for fucking ages the bucks mm. and lucha brothers and so was kenny omega and pack they were like and at the time i was like oh okay but we thought we'd culminate in the fuse and there's kind of this one going on as well. 
and I think part of the, the issue is, is is you mentioned there about it like in terms of television wrestling, and I would completely agree with you that it, it's a lot of fun, it's inoffensive, but these are three of the EVPs of the company who are seen as being kind of the faces of the company, and a lot of this is really to get over belts that I am never convinced that and while it will entertain a live crowd and it will make for a fun TV match, these won't amount to anything in terms of real kind of value and prestige. And given what they're on, it's kind of wasted when there is stuff of real depth that both of them could be getting into. Mm. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I watched it. And again, I, I like the way we, you know, the kind of went out and no brawling for a bit on the outside. And It made it different you know, immediately. It did make it different. They did the hammer stuff. And I thought the finish was good. The idea of doing the black arrow with his like face onto the knees and he just sort of like slumped over. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I thought they did well in terms of making it creative. And there'll probably be a couple of twists. I wouldn't be that surprised to see Will Ospreay cost them one and the build up to the Tokyo. Oh, yeah, so, something that. like that in order to get heat for that kind of stuff as well. That will get a couple of twists and turns. It's just that ultimately we're going to end up to a break of the Lucha Brothers, of which something that we've all been saying probably about 18 months ago, Phoenix could be a single star if you get him in there by himself. Pent has been most interesting when he was a heel. So's Pack. Like, why the fuck don't we just get to this place? Mm. Instead, we're kind of getting there, like, at this point in year three. So it's not really going to have the impact for me on this one. And I'll be honest, I think that lore and the en- uh, the entrance uh, of the um, of the elite in terms of the, the song and everything else, I think that's wearing a bit thin quite quickly for it. It feels very, like if you're doing it as a traveling gimmick, going to new fans and they come out to this song and the entrance and everything else, fine. But I think for like three weeks of it, I'm a bit like, oh, already, yeah, this is kind of like the equivalent of the B sharps and you laugh initially, like the B sharps and the Simpson. And then that joke just sort of runs its course. That's that's what I think of. What's the name of it? Something your wayward sons. That's how little I care about it. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a big uh, big song for the Americans. Not so much for us, I would say. Uh, nah. B Sharp's had some hits though, you know. Maybe on board. Oh, well, I mean, worth they did something something. <laughs> Bert Bert Ford. Sorry, <laughs> uh, great episode, um, especially when Barney get go starts going out with a Japanese conceptual artist, <laughs> burping and number eight. <laughs> number eight. Number eight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't, I'll echo those thoughts. I, I, like, I thought it was a, like I said, the top fine match, solid way to end the show. Can't say I was massively interested in going in, as proven by the fact that I uh, got myself up to bed rather than uh, stay for the end. But when I did watch it the next day, like I said, I did. Uh, I probably I go three and a half on it. I wouldn't go much, uh, much higher than that. But you know, I, I think I. I am. I'm interested in how they tell this story, but if are there are there other interesting ways to get into these matches? What's mm. the idea going to be? You know, week after next, what's the idea going to be after that? I guess we'll uh, we'll see as we go. But yeah, that uh, topped off uh, dynamite. And as far as rampage goes, uh, I know me and you both watched the JP blasted any, any remaining thoughts you've got on that. I think we covered most of the uh, the storyline developments in our yeah. big chat about uh, AW at the top. But yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a reason he got 300,000 viewers, mate, in their lowest 18 to 49 ever. It's Marshall's fault. Is it his fault for being in the main event? I mean, yeah, that could be the issue. I, in fairness, laughed at Orange Cassidy's attitude to Mark Henry during the, like, 
Like, but I think we've all said enough. No, I was clearly wanting to talk that bit longer. I thought that was like a kind of great, (laughs) that's the way he like for him to be used. And the rest of it is absolutely fine. But Cole Carter, Darby (laughs) Allen. It's like, I didn't realize Cole Carter was with the factory still. I felt like him doing the fake sting thing meant he was aligned with Jarrett and lethal and that like, I mean, I haven't thought about him for like six weeks, so you know, and I don't think anyone else has. Like, it was a nice reminder of, oh yeah, that was a another character we're trying to uh, trying to make a heel Cole Carter. Um, fine, uh, on top of a heel ten that we got uh, got last week. Um, okay, fine. Um, heel Harry Kane, you mean, <laughs> mate? Look at him. <laughs> Even the angle one. with it, like when you saw Harry Kane talking after the Senegal game. <laughs> Preston Vance has lost a bit of the fucking pounds. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, who's that? Like it's like an eighties jobber, isn't it? Everyone always pulls the picture out of like uh, got a mustache and he looks exactly like Harry Kane. Like I don't even know who that is, but fuck me, Harry Kane's got a, a double um, from back then. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't up to much. I thought Private Party v Jarrett and Jay Lethal again. Old decision to have Jeff. You know, I I very much. Maybe on an ironic level, enjoyed the pay per view daftness of uh, of uh, of a Jeff Jarrett having an AEW uh, pay per view match, but now there's just a a regular on the treadmill member of the roster. It's like, I mean, come on, just let him have his backstage job. Does he really need to be out there with Jay Little? The, the the highlight of that was the uh, the daft finish. It was like a uh, it was a stroke. But with Jay Lee, oh, yeah. Like, that was proper early 2000s. That kind of, uh, that got me a little bit. That was silly enough to uh, make me forgive it. But odd call to uh, to have uh, Jeff just be uh, another run of the mill guy at this point, or even to have him on TV in the first place, if if this is your idea of what to do with him. Yeah, but remember when the Young Bucks put Private Party over and they made them. They made them. <laughs> made them. <laughs> One of the worst things they did, doesn't it, at the start when uh, yeah. any of the books refused to uh, be booked as stars. Yeah, that was a great period. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, Private Party, here we are three years later. Paid off. Great they just, yeah, they they kind of, do you remember there was that point in time where they turned up in Impact and they had that relation? You kind of thought, oh, this is where they could go for a bit. Mm-hmm. I'd still be like, go. Mm. They're a team that needs not to be. I mean, they're just so completely lost in the shuffle. Mm. The Matt Hardy stuff as well. It's just like they're perpetually stuck in a time loop, private party, mm. aren't they? And yeah. how, how are they back with Matt Hardy? Like, I don't oh, know. And they've explained it and they explain the story. It's just, no, no, no. You can explain all you want, lads. I don't care. Yeah. That's really where I am with this. Like, it's. Yeah. It's not. It's not a very private party if Matt Hardy's involved, is it? You know, like how's he getting an invite? <laughs> like, come I mean, on. <laughs> Matt Hardy from the uh, like from the fucking like yeah. twenty years ago, literally. Mm. It's like Matt yeah. Hardy v one, isn't it? It's fucking Rough. awful. Uh, Athena, Danny Mo. I imagine I've got much uh, thoughts on that one, or or Cassidy, QT Marshall in the main event. Any other miscellaneous thoughts for the uh, stuff here on uh, on Rampage? Good to see Kevin Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> he was on Dark, wasn't he? Fucking. Just lumberjack here. It was like oh, was Kevin he? Thorne. I was, like, I was like, what? And then, like, he was, uh, he was there with his full goth brown hair, not black. Why? Like, <laughs> just, like, could have had that big team with The Undertaker. How life could have uh, been different. Yeah, more than guys. <laughs> Man. Everyone gets a run with Tony. 
<laughs> they really do. I mean, we thought Slim J was the fucking wackiest thing that they'll end up doing now uh, at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, remember him? Remember the Trustbusters yeah. on the with a hot brother for a little while? <laughs> Mate, that was about two months ago. Mm. Like, it wasn't like... on it, But it feels like it might as well have been January, mm. really, at this point, because it all gets so lost in the shuffle. Just watching this. No one with a straight face can like. I couldn't see really what the purpose of this show was, mm. other than to produce wrestling content, because mm. it was so haphazard and it just like the acclaimed being out there was again. It, it feels like they. I don't want to say that it's not overexposure or anything else because it was the only time they appeared in front of the live audience. But it's 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 almost like I, they're not going to be able to save this show. Just call it Ring of Honor. And do all the Ring of Honor shit over there, and just leave dynamite for the people on AEW because he just seems to. He just really. I was just watching this, going the fucking state of this show, absolute state of it. But I was just like, I mean, even Darby Allen, Cole, Cut, I was like, yeah, it's a good match. What's it fucking mean? Like, it's just a tight, it's absolute time filler TV, which can be fun. If you're like nursing a hangover or something, but I don't think that's what a great television program makes. And then you can't be surprised by the ratings because it, when you're watching this, it appears they don't really care that much about it. In the same way, they don't care about Battle of the Belts, which is like, bizarre when they're going to want money for it next year. I can't get yeah. it. Like it's going, you know, oh, like, fucking make it mean something. Then yeah. it feels like it feels like they're booking it to die. Mm. Like it really does. Yeah. Like. Um, like it's like what Vince would Why? do when he just decides he hates a fucking program. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's it. No, nah, we're just going to basically cut the legs from this entirely and just not bother with it. Mm. Yeah, it does. It it's totally, totally feels like that, doesn't it? Mm. Whatever. There you go. Gareth asked before the show, do you need to watch it for, to, uh, to, to, to do the show? And I was like, nobody needs to watch Rampage. That's the answer. <laughs> nobody. Um, and, I fucking, and I fucking did. And I shouldn't have done it, but I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got to see the Shane Taylor angle, you know? So there you go. You got to see That's the... Uh, apparently Swerve's back with Keith Lee. I got, I got to see Spider Nate Webb as a lumberjack. Yeah. What's he? I did notice that. Either. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Not doing teenage dirt back though, sadly. No. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think that kind of sums up. We said we didn't have much to talk about this week, lads. We're yeah. on two hours thirty minutes here, uh, and we're just moaning about AW. So, uh, thanks to anyone who stuck with us for fans of our moaning. Um, <laughs> but we should probably move on uh, from AW. Yeah, there's some positive things here we had to say as well. Um, yeah, I mean, before we go, any uh, some a few quick things we we're going to uh, touch on, JP. There's been uh, some other uh, other stuff wow. you've uh, you've been uh, squeezing in uh, before the show tonight. Well, I mean, I say I had to watch MLW. It's been back on TV. We've had MLW Fusion on for a couple of weeks, and in fairness, I said like earlier on, I think on the pre-show, it was a good jumping in episode because the main event was Alex Hammerstone versus Richard Holiday, which has been part of the dynasty, and this is something that they've built up with, and this is where MLW does do this kind of stuff well. They had MJF come in. They always knew they weren't going to get him for a very limited amount of time. And they kind of got to him under contract before AEW did and then like let him go over there and basically used him to build these two. Mm. Which the crowd there knew the stuff generally about the storyline. I mean, it was because it's Alex Hammerstone, it's all fucking bells and whistles. There's a point to go, right, you need to go to the outside, lads, because he's going to get found out soon enough. And they did about three times. And he kind of thought, oh, okay. But it was, for what it was, like your typical 
MLW kind of brawl between two very green guys. And then setting up EJ and Duca as the kind of next big thing, which is really who like they should be going with if they get him, because he seems like the kind of bloke will also get signed up. Although it's very weird because during the middle of the show, he had like this whole kind of baby face promo where he was talking about like his family, like his parents coming from Nigeria and moving to Dallas and like growing up poor and then having to excel. And they turned him heel at the end of the show on like Alex Hammerstone, who he challenges for the title, Hammerstone accepts, and then he just starts beating him up. <laughs> and you're like, okay, all right. You could have got Calvin Tankman to do a bit of this, but this is where it is. It's, it, I mean, there's not much in the way of like a Cesar Duran on this. Though the only other match is Ty Valkyrie versus Brittany Blake, which I saw it existed. I, I wouldn't be going above like one and a half stars for it because it's MLW. But there's just like a load of promo. But there was a lot of time spent on Dragon Gate and Shun Skywalker, in particular, kind of cuts like an English promo um, or promo in English. But it's it, it's you know as a show for what they do and the way they do it, it's it's still very much MLW. It I kind of don't. It goes along really, doesn't it? At this stage, and it feels kind of very much still like impact they still manage you can see the kind of joins at the seams of where they you know this is how long ago these tapings are this is how they're trying to get it to work in there this is maybe how they save on money and production costs but as an hour of tv i kind of thought it was all right like because it doesn't like the matches aren't the strong points they don't really focus on it a lot we didn't get any jacob fatu in the hood stuff with that, which would have been like, again, it's like a very much a low rent version of those powerhouse hob segments that you mentioned earlier on, Benno. Mm. Like, except he's more overtly on the piss. And my God, he loves a tab as well. He's like worse than Sid the Sexy. He's got nothing but like a <laughs> fag in his fucking mouth the whole time. Like, um, I hope he doesn't behave like Sid the Sexist, although it always ended up bad for him, didn't it, ultimately, Sid? <laughs> was he Sid the Sexist? I actually don't even know. Viz. Viz, oh, Viz okay. character. I wasn't a Viz reader. <laughs> I mean, I, if I started reading stuff from Sid the Sexist on here, that's us cancelled, mate. Mm. That's just us gone. Because out of context, it doesn't sound good. But, but I mean, if you realise... <laughs> the title, well, Sid the Sexist? The ult- well, he gets his ultimate comeuppance. Mm. In, you know, he never, i.e. never manages to get laid as well. <laughs> and he doesn't like, you know... These, it was very funny because there was an animated show of it, and the same way they did Roger Melly. Gareth will remember this, and I think it was like it was Bob Mortimer who did like the voice of his mate, Sid, Sid's mate, and stuff. Again, I want to say the lines, but we're just getting into trouble, mate. So I just don't think I'll go anywhere near it. But anyway, I don't know where we're on there with Sid the Sexes. Back to MLW. On yeah. Which does actually, there were no Von Eriks, but it does lead nicely into the last thing that I saw, which is, and again, I haven't even seen all of it. This is shocking behaviour. I'm going to talk about half a fucking television programme. I thought, Christ, it's a a slow week. I better watch some Tales of the Territory, and I kind of let it slip, Mm. really. I I thought you were going to say Tales of the Unexpected there, Jamie. Well, I'll tell you what now, that had a cracking theme tune. Note to Benno. <laughs> YouTube to MP3 converter, Tales of the Unexpected theme tune. I mean, it's almost as if that was pre-planned. Well, this, but this was very much like Tales of the Expected <laughs> in the sense that I was like, all right, world class. So remembering that the issue with world class is that a lot of the people involved with it are dead 
Um, a lot of them before before their own before they should have been as well. Um, but they're getting like a round table together for this. The first name that pops up, fucking Chavo Guerrero, Guerrero Jr. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Him talking about world class, like, mate, were you? How old are you? Fucking ten? Mm. Your old man wrestled there. Great. Yeah. Good. I'm. Um, should we get fucking? I don't know. Chris Adams is kids on here involved to talk about it as well like <laughs> why bother but he was there some guy called brian adias who i have no idea but i'm just assuming that effectively he's one of the lads who's still alive but he was like very much like a world-class jobber mm. um then it was david manning so then my bullshit detector went oh he'll be banging on about world-class in israel again because that's all <laughs> they ever fucking do when they talk about this stuff and kevin von eric <laughs> and then my heart sank and i went we're not going to get anything resembling truth. Before the opening credits had gone, or before they'd even gone to the first story, it was like my father was a decent, honourable man. And all I'm thinking is he forged his dead son's signature to sign fucking eight by tens at his son's memorial show. <laughs> None of us are perfect. And those without sin can cast the first stone. That's pretty bad. Like... Mm. There's a reason why, you know, we've we've outright named an award after Fritz von Erich, really, is the original. <laughs> we've been man, we haven't decided we might change the name. Well, we could do both, couldn't we? I mean, if you want the kind of like classic fucking bastard behaviour, you could go to Fritz and then just like Vince for the for the kind of modern day stuff possibly for it. But yeah, like there was a story as well. Like the first thing I told about is them on the piss. And I thought, well, we're not going to hear any of this. I, I, I doubt we're going to hear anything about cocaine. And every one of those Von Erichs probably died in their sleep peacefully while coming back from midnight mass. I'm assuming that they're the kind of stories are going to get in the second part of it. But it was one of the stories that really like, because it was Manning. You are uh, David Manning, by the way, is a long-term like world-class employee. He was the referee. If you've ever seen the documentaries, he turns up. He's a bullshit merchant as well. Because um, <laughs> he worked for world class. I mean, that's not really a fucking surprise. <laughs> but one of them, it was like, oh, we went over to Israel. There were 40,000 at the airport. And I thought, well, bullshit. No, there wasn't. <laughs> 40,000 at the airport. Can't show the photos. There's one bit where it's like, there's a lot of tarmac. If there's 40,000 people at the airport, <laughs> why wouldn't you take a photo? Just to fucking show people. And it was like, apparently, the Israeli government said they, you know don't come over here anymore or anything else. And it's like, yeah, because these blokes are fucking wild men. And you're probably going to, what are you going to do? Stick them near the West Bank and see what fucking happens. Like, it won't end well. They're not going to be like, you know, the deal break. Well, to hear David Manning describe it, he did say that they managed to unite the Palestinians and the Israelis together when they were watching the wrestling. As if by implication, somehow the collapse of the world class world class championship wrestling has somehow led to an extended intifada period and fucking no peace um, settlements between Israel and Palestine. Probably their fault that they've been building on the Golan Heights as well. If we're going to get into the kind of like nuances, we blame the rise of the Likud party and Netanyahu on this as well. But he said this in it. And it was all about Chris Adams. He did a super kick. He, he got pissed up. He got in a fight. There's about three of these stories. He super kicks a bloke. His eye pops out. That's what he says. His eye pops out. And I'm like, mm-hmm, bullshit, but go on. Um, and 
he's like suddenly getting a phone call. They have to get him out of the country, and then they manage to smuggle his passport out of a fucking safe to get it there. And I'm just thought, I bet Chris Adams wasn't even there, and we'll never know because he's dead, much like all of them there as well. It absolute fucking bullshit. I'll obviously watch the rest of this now. I'm much more intrigued, but you are being lied to. It's rather like the time I interviewed Alex Shane. You go, this is entertaining, but I'm being lied to. And it's very much like this on here. So, yeah, that's Tales of the Territory, half of uh, world class. I, I God knows the other levels of bullshit being told here as well. <laughs> Can we get this every week? I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? We played, this is JP Appendark. <laughs> JP, JP talking about Von Eriks is always, <laughs> always gold. <laughs> I mean, we, we were thinking of the Patreon choice. I'm thinking, oh, there is something, a lot of world-class stuff. But the idea of Matty watching All Japan, Matty watching All Japan is still a uh, dominant thought in my head. Obviously, it's worth it's worth it. I know there's Portland on there and stuff. Which, you know, it was the name of that promoter there. You'll know. You'll read that Tales of the Territory book. Is it Don someone? Portland, Don Owen. Don Owen, yeah. But he was a prick. No evidence to back that up. But let's just work on that assumption until proven otherwise. We had Tales of the Territory on Vice TV. Nobody else is really watching it. It's fucking ep- 10 episodes of it. The last one I watched was about the heels and the, the Crocker territory. And it was like fucking oh, yeah. baby doll being all proud of herself because uh, a pregnant woman in the crowd starts to fight with her. And she was like, yeah, and I punched her back in the stomach. And I'm not very proud of that, but I will tell you in detail that story for the next 10 minutes and, oh, and make sure to make the point that I hit her in the stomach. Um, yeah, it doesn't make I you feel good about that. wrestling people. Um, no, it's like the whole point of the show is like they were putting over the fact that like, oh, the heat was real. You know, people wanted to murder Jim Cornette. Oh, all, those, all those same old wives. Fucking hell. Better back in the day, apparently. You know these uh, these snowflakes. It was, doing. <laughs> but yeah, it's always a good laugh. That show, if you want to. I mean, again, just retitle it: lies, liars, and the li- lies, liars, and the liars who tell them. Just like you might as well just call it that at this point, <laughs> or just call it bullshit merchants and have done with it. Mm. The wrestling industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, I don't to ask what you've been up to, Gareth. Uh, I know what well, I suppose on the app side, you know, I've got a maybe a, a sneak preview here of uh, you got the uh, the top ten for November coming out. I know you'll be putting some uh, some year end uh, stuff coming up. That's what you've been busy with. Yeah, I've got November here. I'll probably be like sticking this out as a graphic uh, this week, but um, um, I've got the uh, got the got the top ten. Um, so Ooh. there might be a few here that you've uh, that you've not watched that you maybe should maybe contenders for the old. Uh, Match of the year list when we are doing that show at the end. But um, number 10 here won't be a contender for my match of the year list is Jungle Boy against Luchasaurus from Full Gear. Um, I was surprised to see that one sneaking at number 10. At nine, we've got uh, Kazasade Gucci against Yukio Naya from the uh, DDT DU Grand Prix in uh, the 18th of November. Um, maybe one for your list, Benno. Uh, mm-hmm. moment. Sorry, one for your list, JP. One mm-hmm. for your list, Benno. Yeah, uh, it's on the Benno that one. list. You got that right. And, first uh, time. Yeah, so yeah, see Endo playing centre mid for Japan as well. He looked <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Akira Maeda. She's still <laughs> going strong since the old Pancrase days. <laughs> Don't like to Tetsuya Endo because my uh, Excel uh, spreadsheet for the app always predicts that it's Tetsuya Naito every time, and I have to change 
every time. So, Got to like that. It's, a, to you. Like that. it's, a, it's a back of my back of my head every time I see his name. Winds <laughs> me up. Number eight, uh, Suri against Maika from the uh, uh, Hiroshima Goddess Festival on the third of November mm-hmm. for Stardom. Um, got uh, Jericho against Ishii from Dynamite the other week, uh, coming in at number seven there with a four point zero seven average. Osprey against Shirt Rumino from the historic crossover show in mm-hmm. uh, number six, 4.17. He's the one. T- uh, Impact Overdrive at number five. Uh, Josh Alexander against Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter. Um, Remember that? Hunting the elite. He's, uh, he's now, in, uh, now in Impact. Uh, having bangers with Josh Alexander by all accounts there, 4.21. Uh, Suri against Yutami Aishishita at Gold Rush 2022 on the 19th of November. In at four, Death Triangle against the Elite from Full Gear. In at number three, four point four six. We're missing so just to interrupt. We're missing the countdown music from like the BBC radio <laughs> chart show. All the top of the pops. Yeah, who wouldn't want to see a bit more of that anyway? Four point four six at number three. We've got Kari against Mayu Itani from the historic crossover show at number two. With 4.47, so I haven't seen that, but uh, might be one worth checking out. And top of the tree, Will Ospreay, surprise, surprise, every month, fucking Will Ospreay at the top. Uh, no matter where he's wrestling, no matter who he's wrestling against, he's always there. But that's his uh, match with Tetsuya Naito, not Endo, at uh, Battle Autumn 2022, mm. 5th of November, with an average of 4.60. So again, it looks like that's another Osprey one that will be a... Uh, in the uh, contendership at the uh, at the end of the year there. But decent mix, five different promotions in there as well. So as much as uh, the first things I said here on the show today was about me um, <laughs> not seeing much going on around the uh, world of wrestling beyond AEW to get me interested, looks like there might be a few things mm-hmm. uh, worth checking out there. Homework for year-end time, that's what that sounds like. Oh, God, yeah. I've got to really start working on that sooner rather than later because that can really fucking get on top of you. Mm. Those top 10 lists, especially when you realise, oh, Christ, this is 45 minutes, isn't it, this? Like, you're going to have to sit <laughs> through what, one or two of these. It's a good mix in there as well. I mean, it, it, it's, like you say, I mean, I think it's, you know, we're quite often going to see a few stardom matches up on there. I mean, it was their Goddesses of Tag League, uh, this pay-per-view of the weekend, but I haven't got around to seeing it. Feel bad because I know, like with with Connor as well. But you know, I'll mention where I will be discussing a bit of stardom in a in a little bit at the end of the show. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was surprised though. I, I thought number one might just be Brian Adams. Everything I do, like you know, <laughs> just as the stable kind of number one choice. Remember that number one had never left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There was still sufficient people buying it 19 weeks later to make Ooh. it number one still. <laughs> Who was buying it? But it? And it wasn't just people like token buying it on iTunes, people going into a shop and buying a CD. It was one of those people. You know what I really like? That song that we've been hearing like for yeah. the past four months. At number one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I better go out and buy it this week. I oh, did yeah. used to think about Keep people who still going one. to watch Titanic. Mm. Sitting there pissing out of their eyes because these f- people had died and we don't know f- absolute bullshit and there was room on that fucking plank as well for DiCaprio but getting well, out that. there's rumour according to our Brett and WCW show that it might be something to do with the chef but you can hear that, uh, that <laughs> it's a brave theory I'm sticking with it 
<laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, there you go. Yeah, obviously the uh, the graphic will be out on it, Gareth, at the ten, and yeah, I look forward to the uh, the year end list uh, with the, all the uh, the fun uh, horrible mentions as well for uh, for people to to check out. But yeah, anything else, lads? Is that it? Is that covering? Anything else uh, needs to talk about, JP? No, I, I think that's it. There'll be more stuff next week because there's mm-hmm. like. Isn't that NXT next week? Or Ring of Honor, obviously, next week. Battle Saturday, yeah. Which will Reasonable time, too. I'll give them that. You know, yeah. Tony Khan thinking of us, 9 p.m. start on Saturday. I'll take that. 8 p.m. for the uh, for the pre-show. Nice little Mate, Saturday. I'll be made to watch How to Get Away with Murder, which is like, <laughs> to like season four. It's this never-ending program of just lawyers fucking and killing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good show. <laughs> you think uh, so, but like I'm 45 episodes deep, and I'm... At best, half interested. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like the crowd, mate. It's uh, that's lost me with uh, like I was yeah. saying on the pre-show, Tom. Handsome, handsome, charismatic Dominic West uh, trying to pull off Prince Charles while eight foot Princess Diana towers over him isn't really uh, isn't really doing it for me. But I'm going to try. And you made that sound there. rude if you go yeah. back and listen to that. <laughs> yeah, people, I might go talk. <laughs> you might get a full review of uh, of that maybe uh, next week. But yeah, that's it. Unless there's uh, anything you wants to mention, Gareth, download the app. We can get greater. Well, you can affect that top ten. There you go. There's the plug. You've just done it. Yeah, <laughs> done it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> JP, do we have any other plugs? Yes, we'll have the finale of Andor out. Mm. I wanted to wait. We had this this show in, in in the bag, but we'll have the the finale for Andor that me and WH had as well. We'll Be putting the video up onto the YouTube first, and then putting it up onto the free feed kind of uh, later on in the week in post podcast form. Going to be recording. Fingers crossed. Um, another episode of the Karen Peterson show, which you can listen to on Patreon as well. So we'll be talking about um, her journey over for historic crossover. And, you know, some of the New Japan happening. She went to a Noah show as well. And I'm very much about Karen's trip um, over there. So I really look forward to that. We've You've recorded with her before, Benno. She's an absolute star and a legend. And even tolerates my casual use of the C word here, which will be a missing from, the, from, from that. Um, uh, I'll be on my best behaviour. Uh, she gets on with the Birch Park. She can uh, put up with yeah, that. So, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on, uh, on that note then, yeah, like I say, ch- check out all the stuff we've got coming up uh, on the Patreon. Like I said, Shield Mixtape coming. So we're going to have uh, Pick Your Poison maybe a month uh, coming up in the in the new year as well. People can, uh, can look forward to uh, as well. Like I say, Grapple Awards uh, coming up on the Patreon side and all other fun year-end stuff. But yeah, other than that, we'll be back next week for more spotlights and that's it for us for another show we'll see you next week bye